I saw an undiscovered creature climbing on the mountainside. Welcome everyone to All About All Elite for the week of May 11th, 2019. There is a lot happening, of course, as we move into um, AEW's All or Nothing. Quick scheduling for you next week. Um, we will be celebrating um, a listener's choice edition of this show. Everything we talk about on the 18th will be topics chosen by our listeners. May 25th, the night of Double or Nothing, we will take that night off and we will come back on June 1st with full coverage of Double or Nothing. We've been building to it for many, many months now. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. We got a big episode we're going to talk Cody Rhodes versus Chris Jericho we're going to, we're going to talk about uh it convinced me with a wrestler who says that he should be the face of AEW so let's get right into it ladies and gentlemen as you know I am the LOP Mystic aka your one man hype band and I am joined by my friend and co-host by god my learned colleague Mr. Miz fan the brain Greetings, Miz fan fans. Welcome indeed to another episode of All About All Elite. We are two weeks and counting from Double or Nothing. I'm very excited. You should be very excited. There's a lot going on, so we're going to get right into it right now. I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Just a couple of rumors, a couple of news items, some hirings. So real quick, we're going to run through this. So a rumor, and it's looking like a very strong one that a TV deal with Warner Media is, quote, virtually done. That this coming Wednesday, Tony Khan and talent uh, from AEW will be where else but Madison Square Garden to pitch advertisers. So, man, if this is true, this will be the last week that we are on the air on this show speculating about a TV deal next week, we will be able to say perhaps AEW has landed on TNT. And all I can say about that is thank God that we won't have to speculate about it anymore. I am so tired yes. of not knowing, of having to hear people complain that it doesn't exist. I have to, all this stupid stuff. Cool, it's on TNT, it's where it should have been, it's a cool connection, and yes, it'll actually just happen, and we can stop bloody talking about it and talk about the wrestling, because that's what I'm here for. It's so good if this is true, too, because the two-hour show is what's rumored. I really hope that they manage their minutes. It's an odd thing to have to talk about, that you want less pro wrestling as a pro wrestling fan, but it'd be good to see... The minutes matter. We know that some places uh, can get bloated with their time allotments. It's a big, big deal. If we come on next week, there's a, there'll be a lot to talk about if this officially drops because TNT is a big deal. That time slot will be a big deal. And just the fact that the T-shirt company that doesn't exist also has a deal with, with Warner Media. Um, my being petty. As I am, I might have to go back and, you know, look at some things that people said along the way. <laughs> so, possible future segment there. Uh, 
I will just say about this, um, super cool that they get on TNT. That's great for them, and I want that to happen, and I think it almost definitely will at this point. But I don't get TNT because I don't even have any cable hooked up because I am a modern young American. So I also okay. really want to know how I am going to be able to watch this, uh, if they're going to have some kind of streaming service it's going to be available online somewhere so actually more important to me when i think about it is that bit of news mm. so i hope they also come out with that soon because uh, i very much want to be on board with that how do you if you were a wwe fan how does all of that air uh if i were a wwe fan i would probably just watch it on the network and i think uh okay. they have on hulu like Raw and smackdown too so one of those okay, ways so there should be yeah. I think there's a lot more to come out because we we found out also that I have the same problem as far as AEW will be on pay-per-view, but I will not be ordering it that way. I need to know how I can pay and stream it. So I think those details are still to come. So we'll see. I think I think a lot to drop. That's a very interesting uh, scenario right there. It is. And oh. while we're on that subject... Um Here's another thing I don't want to talk about, but I think it's very relevant. Uh, I don't think it's confirmed, but the rumor is most definitely Double or Nothing may cost $40, $50, $60 even just to get uh, the single show. And uh, a lot I'm of sorry. people I have seen who are excited about AEW say, you know, in an era where I could pay $10 and get like 80 billion hours of wrestling content, how can I justify 60 potential dollars for just this one yep. show? And that's... That's a valid question. So if that's really going to be their model, I think that's going to be very difficult for them. I saw it listed, I think, at 49, and I thought that that's too much yeah. um, to pay. Yeah. And, and we're doing the fucking show, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. might be something to think about. And I'm hoping maybe, I don't know if they'll be the same across the board, but even, like, I, I struggled. <sighs> I don't know what, what a pay-per-view should be pri um, priced at, because... I paid twenty five dollars for NWA and like if it was worth that then I know AEW should be a lot more than twenty five dollars but at the same time I don't want to pay a lot more than that <laughs> but I was paying twenty five dollars for that Crockett Cup was pushing pushing my boundaries for sure yeah yeah I mean so, uh, I don't know it's just it's different pay per view doesn't even really work anymore I don't think um, yeah. Somebody pointed out that All In, despite being successful, if you look at the bias they got via pay-per-view, was not, like, compared to the past, it was not that high. It was actually kind of low, and that's because people don't want to do pay-per-view anymore. So that's why I really want AEW, yeah, to have some kind of streaming network, something, you know, I'll pay a monthly sub, gladly, to AEW, yeah. and you'll make more out of that in a year than you will out of me ordering one or two pay-per-views, probably, so... I hope that happens. I hope they can partner with some of these existing indies that they have to kind of maybe put some more content on that thing. I think that's going to be the only way to go forward because, to be honest, they can have the best product in the world, but if they're charging 50, 60 bucks a pop for their major shows, people aren't going to watch it, and that's just sad. Yeah, and I, I'm excited for Double or Nothing, but were, were they on TV now? I would not call Double or Nothing like a top top pay per view. Like, you know, well, on paper, it's good, right but now. not must see. Not fifty bucks worth of must see. No. Yeah, and then this is the problem. We don't like getting in the weeds, but at the same time, if it does come out that they're paying 
or not making mon- money on the TV deal, like where the hell does the income um, come from? Yeah, right. so yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't, even, I don't think the paper. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, put it out there. But the last thing that you want to do is have the cons become the new Carters, who are just like losing money hand yes. over fist on this wrestling promotion, and it kind of turns out to be a joke. I don't get that vibe, but like that could definitely become the perception in time if things don't go well. Yeah, this is complicated stuff because I think they could do well, and I don't know what model will work, but. WWE, though, can do the network partly because they're already WWE. I don't know what they would do if they were starting out right now. But, True. yeah, I know that when I saw the price tag, and I was like, no, no, that's not. <laughs> it, it, no, it doesn't make sense. So, like, once in a while, I'll buy a video game for that, and my video games are usually 80 to 120 hours play. Right. So, you know, three hours I'm really going to critique it differently. Like, I'm going to need Pentagon Jr. out of the tag division yesterday. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Not going to watch a show 30 times, so not going to get no. that same mileage. Yeah. So we'll see. This is more now, more urgency. And I hope that they'll be on, on uh, some stream, like Fight TV or, or Bleacher Report or wherever the hell. Put them somewhere. Put yeah, them stream them somewhere. Cause I really hope so. I don't even know how to order pay-per-view anymore, so. no. Who does? Yeah. I mean, my God, I, I wouldn't know where to start. Um, Especially, so, yeah. They're so good on their social media and branding, too, that yeah. this is... And we are two weeks out. It's time to understand that with the TV, they have... But that makes me think, too, maybe there is something tied with streaming and TV, because why have you waited this long, really, to announce how people can order your event when you're two weeks out? Mm, yeah, I mean, it's really got to come ASAP. Like, you talk about people just starting out. You know, I watched through a lot of the old WWF shows leading up to, like, the first few WrestleManias. And, man, like, every single second, they're telling you how you can get the show, like, all the different ways. And they're, yeah. they're selling you constantly. And, you know, instead we have, like, being the elite and doing Joey Ryan jokes. And it's like, you know, okay, fine. But, like, how do we watch you? <laughs> you know, help us out here. Yeah. I'm trying to think right now, if I was not doing a podcast, what would the likelihood be that I'd be, I would be ordering this pay-per-view? And would I even know? Because like, how long am I going to look around even to figure out how to order it if I'm not really kind of – like I'm, we're booked weekly on the show right now. So, right, right. But if I'm just wondering about watching – I wouldn't be watching uh, any being the elite. I would probably be watching Double or Nothing, Road to Double or Nothing, but – it sucks because I want people to pay for this stuff. I want it to be at a fair price, you know, so they need to get it right. Because people can, they can find it on YouTube probably an hour after it comes out. So you you got you to gotta come up with a fair deal. I actually am proud of myself because I don't know why maybe it's thinking we do WWF the Legacy, Legacy Series immediately. But I have held on to that fucking stupid ass WWE Network for years. <laughs> my money going to it and i don't support wwe i don't support a lot of things about it and so last night i canceled my wwe network and i was hoping they were gonna let me put a reason in, in like a comment box that i could put aew but i couldn't besides so just put <laughs> I, I clicked the one I, that i am not happy with your creative and your storylines um, so <laughs> send them that message what a good feeling <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a great point, though. You know, a reason why the network is successful is because even if you don't support 
current WWE, there's so yeah. much content on there that it's very easy to keep that sub. I still have it. You know, I'm still watching um, old Bobby Hina's stuff, like, every day pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's just lots you can do with it. And that's why I think, yeah, AW, they need some kind of network of their own. They need to put content on there. They need to pull on all the indies that they work with. They need to pull those strings. You know, there's a lot of really good indie streaming services out there already, actually. So they're potentially behind the game a little bit. They can maybe partner up with these people if they don't have a plan already. But they must have some kind of plan. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. And even if they didn't have that, if they just put out original content and pay-per-view, you know, that's that's good enough. I'm ready to go. I'll drop that money. That yeah, was, no, I will. I you will. Um, people will in time, I think. So, yeah. I mean, uh, the more content you can have at launch, the better. But, yeah, anything just to give me that easy access is going to it's gonna be important to me, you know. I, I bought Seasons of Lucha Underground on Amazon, uh, you know, out of pocket because Lucha Underground was that good. And I just I. wanted to see it. Yeah, exactly. So, if the product's good enough. I'll I'll go out of way away to find it, but you gotta like let me find it. So yeah, yeah. and meet me halfway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhere. My God. So yeah, good good conversation. I think that was a great last week of speculation conversation. Hopefully yeah. next week we sign on with a lot more answers and questions. That would be wonderful. Um, News and rumors, yeah, also talking about uh, people who have been hired. A number of yes. names confirmed this past week. First one, Jerry Lynn has been confirmed uh, as a coach, which we assume means agent. Um, you know, so I'm going to help put the matches together. Uh, this is very cool to me, Jerry Lynn. Uh, good, very, very good wrestler. Um, somebody who was a great influence on a lot of people. My favorite thing about this is just like, the outpouring of wrestlers applauding this, like on social media and mm-hmm. pretty much everywhere, tells you the thing that we might not know from our from our vantage point, but that they know from their vantage point, and that this is a good pick. This is a guy who is giving good advice, who is dedicated to helping out wrestlers. If people know this guy, they trust this guy, they're glad he's coming in, and that's really cool. Uh, do you know Jerry? That's a great Lynn point. I, my first, <laughs> I like Jerry Lynn a lot. Okay. Um. But my first thought was going to be, I don't know what kind of agent he is, so I'm not going to say anything. Right. But the fact that you're getting that kind of feedback, you know, again, you really want to do that. Whether it's, I don't know, Malenko, Stance, but Arna Anderson, there yep. are guys out there who, I want two things from them. I want them to be a certain brand that matches what I feel like I'm being sold on AEW. Jerry Lynn matches that. Even Malenko, Arn Anderson matches that. And I want to know from wrestlers that these guys are legit because that's what really matters or else their name value at this point doesn't mean anything. They're not going to be wrestling. So does what they did in the ring transition and transfer. And if it does, these are big hires and you know, props to the AEW. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, next two hires are uh, referees, which you may not think is important, but to me it definitely is. Uh, they got two really good picks here. One, Rick Knox, Lucha Underground referee plus head PWG referee for many, many years. Uh, worked a lot of angles with the Young Bucks. Uh, not shocked that he is coming in. Also, Bryce Remsburg, the uh, long, long time head referee of Chikara and uh, beloved indie personality in his own right. Both being brought on. Two really, really great picks. Guys who have put in a ton of years into wrestling, who love wrestling with every bit of fiber in their being, who have great reputations. Uh, out there with the wrestlers coming in 
And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm glad for them. I think it's very cool for AEW, and uh, those are those are two great picks in my opinion. Yeah, the only thing I saw from this is stupid people in comment sections, you know, being pissed off. Oh, when AEW signs referees, that's news now. Blah blah blah. And I will say, I I don't know these guys, so I don't personally care at the moment. But I like that other people do, and I can't see you being a wrestling fan and being like. Oh man, somebody associated with wrestling is getting a little shine. That makes me mad. But you know, things make people mad. But props to both of the referees. If it was someone I knew, I would probably feel the same way. But good on them. Good on them, indeed. I am really happy for them. Um, they they both uh, bring something extra beyond uh, your your typical referee. So I think you will uh, all out there really enjoy them, depending on what they do. So. Uh, and yeah, two wrestlers confirmed as well, and Helico and Jack Evans both coming in, uh, both veterans of Lucha Underground, of AAA, of many uh, indie promotions over the years. This is very cool to me. I am uh, a fan of Helico from Lucha Underground. I'm a fan of Jack Evans from pretty much everywhere. Uh, a guy who really showed me he had personality to spare over his run in Lucha Undergrounds, um, and I think he's going to bring a lot of tremendous stuff to AEW. So these, these are two very good picks, in my opinion. Was Okay, I need help. I need okay. peace of mind. All right. Was Jack Evans the one playing the um, role of the Johnny Mundo fan? Oh, God, no. no. No, he wasn't okay. the, the little... No, he was the one who... Uh, uh, when he came in, he was feuding with Drago, and they had, like, a nunchuck match, and uh, he went around talking I can't about how he him. was, like, the god of Lucha Libre, and he invented Lucha Libre and all that stuff. Yeah. That, that he did that know. in Lucha... Did he do that in Lucha Underground? Yes, sir. I don't, I, I don't know why. I know the name, and I know I know him, but, like, I could not place him. I read his Wikipedia, and I was like, still can't, but I will say, uh, in Helico, big-time fan. I love that trio's crew. Yeah. Um, have you seen the video where where these two um, signed with AEW? I did, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Very nice. nice. You just, the creativity with a lot of these folks from the jump has me excited. Mm. We are in a moment where people at least are professing, not only with their mouths, but with their kind of actions, that they really privilege creative freedom. And I like that energy that's out there. I hope they do it right. I am excited about these two. Um, maybe it looks like they'll be in the tag division. And it might be the first uh, tag team for me that I am legit excited about. It's like, not only maybe I'll like them with the overlap, but maybe I'll like them and they'll be a good fit in the Young Bucks tag team division. Mm. So I, I like it for sure. Um yeah, Jack Evans, uh, yeah, and Helico is probably better remembered from Lucha Underground, but yeah, I'm very excited for Jack Evans. Um, I'll tell you one story. Uh, a PWG match, he was wrestling uh, Chris Hero, and he was like so hyped up on himself that he promised before the match that Chris Hero would not even get a two count on him for the entire yeah. match, and they worked the whole match around him kicking out at one and... <laughs> Basically, like, just being so high on himself, but also just, like, exhausting himself to the point where Hero eventually beat him without getting the two count because he went straight to three because Jack Evans had exhausted himself so much 
with this like ridiculous promise that he made. So, so yeah, I'm excited for Jack Evans. I think uh, he's going to have a lot of good stuff to do. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Still, you get a two count on him. So, yeah, those are all the uh, hirings that I know of off the top of my head. Probably we'll still have some more. Oh, there's actually one more, uh, and it was mentioned in the, uh, I don't know if it's a hiring or if he's just going to be at double or nothing, but Dustin Thomas, uh, the wrestler with no legs, who impressed a lot of people over WrestleMania weekend, me included, is going to be in that battle royal. I think that's cool. If you haven't seen this guy, he really is something to see. He's quite a spectacle. I don't know if he's going to be a permanent roster member, but I think he's cool to get this one spot. Um, I really liked his little... uh, Double or Nothing video, he seemed very uh, down-to-earth, very uh, not like, <sighs> sort of just happy to be there, which I have uh, criticized, but also, like, it wasn't like that. He's just like, well, it's cool I get this opportunity, you know, and if I didn't get it, I would also be fine with that, but I'm just going to go out there, and I'm just going to try to impress people and do a really good job, and that definitely carries through when you actually see him wrestle, is he's just out there basically doing what he can, not expecting anything more, but what he can do is actually awesome, so uh, I'm excited for that. I think that's cool. Yeah, Cody Rhodes announcing this on his final uh, independent appearance before he kind of locks in with AEW. And also, big, big, big news is the winner of that Battle Royal receives the first AEW heavyweight title shot. Yeah. That that's something. <laughs> that that is cool, yeah. Just for it being the very first shot, uh, and we shall assume for our sanity that it's not some kind of cheesy money in the bank kind of shot. No. Please no, dear God. Um, but yeah, uh, that's very cool, and it definitely puts some more emphasis on uh, who is actually going to get this victory. There are definitely some names in that match that I'd be interested. And seeing get that win, you know, we do have uh, Joe Janela in there. We have MJF in there. Uh, I believe uh, Darby Allen may be in there as well. I can't remember for sure. But, yeah, I don't know. Ace Romero. There's some interesting people in there that could get that title shot. Yep. And then, of course, the mystery man who will likely appear. (laughs) Perhaps. Whoever that is. Perhaps, yeah. You know. Did they hit that or are you just thinking that? Well, I mean, they, they, they have... I'm not, okay, so this is the one that they, they, they have announced now that you'll draw cards and fight, you come out in, as in groups five at a time, I think. Right, yeah, or something, something like that, yeah. Yeah, and then there's some, there might be some kind of, if you get a certain number or something, you come out, I don't know. It's we'll like, see. it's basically, my understanding is it's basically a Royal Rumble, but instead of coming out one at a time, you come out like kind of in a couple different waves. And then, yeah, one lucky person gets to come out, like, last behind everybody else. So you're thinking that's going to be some kind of mystery surprise person? I haven't thought about it, but that's, you know, that's what I see people mumbling about. <laughs> Could well be. I did see one interesting thing about our man uh, Marty Skrull. Uh He has been uh-huh. announced for New Japan's uh, Battle of the Super Juniors tournament, which does, I believe, go past Double or Nothing. So I don't know if that will stop him from possibly appearing. Um, I don't know if that means his Ring of Honor contract is indeed longer than we originally thought. But uh, that that is something that's happening. So I don't know, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, it's all over the place because the rumor for so long was April, and then a rumor came out that it's actually fall. 
But then we got Jericho wrestling New Japan, so I guess, in theory, mm-hmm. Marty could be wrestling New Japan and coming in with AEW. And then a sad little tweet after he lost to uh, Nick Aldis after he lost at uh, Madison Square Garden. He says, well, lost this match, lost this match. Maybe I'm just not meant to be a heavyweight, and I will return to the junior division. So I knew he was going to be a part of that. Who knows? Who knows? It really, you know, I think this is where I want it to be in that John Moxley, in my mind, could show up, and he could absolutely have nothing to do with AEW. Marty Scroll could show up. He could have nothing right now to do with AEW, and I actually like it like that. I don't want my um, surprises announced on message board. <laughs> yeah. Especially if I'm paying $50, it damn well better not be. <laughs> so, I can I can live with this. I... Here's a transition. Okay. Okay. So next week, as mentioned, we're celebrating. Um, it will be all about LOPforums.com, an amazing place. If you're not there, you need to get on there. You can write your own columns. You can join in and talk about just about anything. And one of those threads is an all about all elite. And we are about to hit 15,000 views. We surpasses the great WCW, the legacy series. And we're, Celebrating next week by having listeners' choice, so every topic we talk about is going to be one that listeners send to us. Therefore, it's going to be a little bit different, and we're going to preview it a little bit because Benjamin Button of LOPForums.com sent me a question the other day. Who would you like to be, or who should be, the first ever AEW champion? And so... This kind of ties in because I don't know what to think of the fact that I'm going to know the first challenger for the belt when the belt doesn't exist. Maybe I'll like that. Maybe I won't. But right now we're going to put that to the side. And Ms. Van and I are going to kick around some ideas about who should be the first ever, the first ever AEW champion. Mm. Was this easy? Difficult? Um... Both, I want to say. <laughs> it's easy, I think, to decide who is going to be the champion because oh. realistically, I feel like it's Kenny Omega or it's Chris Jericho with Cody Rhodes right. as a distant third. Picking who I want it to be, that was much harder. Um, so that that's the part I struggled with some more. Um, I think there's a lot of good options in there, but I have some reservations with all of them. So I don't know. Maybe you should go first. Maybe if you have a, a more clear answer than I do, maybe I want to hear what you have to say first. I will go first, and but I will say I have no clear answer. Okay. Matter right. of fact, my mind changed about 15 minutes before I came on the air. So. <laughs> all right. Okay. Originally getting this question, my first response to Benjamin Button was, number one, I'm, I don't really know and I don't want to say because – it depends on story and context, and I don't know where they're going, and it damn well had better come out organically of the story, not just anointing somebody as champion. And then that said, my next thought was, if there's a such thing as a default champion, it might be Kenny Omega. Right. Like He's a guy who I would never say, yeah, put the belt on Kenny Omega, but like I could never argue if it was put on him. Mm. Uh, my uh, conversation, Benjamin Button was pushing for Cody Rhodes as the first champion, and I was initially against that because, um, not even a really good reason, just personally, I want to look forward to Cody Rhodes winning the belt. 
And if he's the first champion, I don't know what I look forward to after that. Mm. So, and also, I wonder if there would be backlash if your first champion in AEW is Cody Rhodes, considering Cody Rhodes. I don't know why, but I feel like there might be more pushback if Cody Rhodes was champion than Kenny Omega, even though they both kind of had the same title. What do you think about that? Um, for Kenny Omega, yeah, he, like I said, he's one of the first people that occurred to me. He's so obvious, and he's just still not one of my favorites. Um, but he might be the best choice kind of by default. Yeah, like he is kind of the biggest name they have, um, at least uh, in some circles. Cody Rhodes, uh, he's my favorite realistic choice, but I actually don't want him to get the title first because I really do think that the backlash would be too much. It would yeah. be too much against him, That's too much against AEW. doesn't matter if he's the EVP and so is Kenny Omega. Cody is the guy who's been out there like with the face and the business and everyone knows he's the one actually doing this stuff. And Kenny Omega, you know, whether it's true or not, the perception of him in the videos is like the perception of him also. Like he's not doing the business stuff. He's just kind of like cluelessly wandering through that. And then when the wrestling comes, like, that's what he's really doing, you know? So it's a different feel. Plus, regardless of what we think, the perception and the narrative is very much that Cody is far, far below Kenny Omega as a wrestler. Um, So if they put it on him now, I think it's going to be very bad. Honestly, I don't want it to happen, even though I do want it to happen. I want it to happen later when people will be more receptive to it and when they're going to have a better context to do it in. So yeah, Kenny Omega champion at some point. Yes, please. But not the first one. No, it just shouldn't go that way. It sucks. But I do think even if people were to say, I don't think this is the perception, but even if the perception were Kenny Omega is just as politically hooked up as Cody Rhodes, the response would still be, yeah, of course you put the belt on Kenny. Omega, he's the best in the world. Right. Versus Cody, who comment section after comment section, I see him referred to as a mid Carter. People are just <laughs> are just after him. Yep. And so, you know, partly I, I want to talk about fandom, but partly I also want to talk about business because of the fact they can't just put the belt on anybody. So, I think from a storyline, what Benjamin Button was pitching, I could get on board with, which is we're kind of seeing hill tendencies at times from Cody, hill tendencies from. Um, Brandy, so perhaps it could come down to Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega, and one way or another, Cody Rhodes uh, maybe gets uh, gets the belt in a less than um, virtuous way. But at the same time, I think it, the backlash would be too much. So you can, what, but what do you do then? Because you can give the fans kind of what they want, perhaps in Kenny Omega. But the thing that I started to come around to this morning, and I, I can't commit to this. Because I, I disqualified Chris Jericho up front for me because like he's the first ever, I think, unified champion. He's so WWE in that way yeah. to be the first AEW champion. But at the same time, we're about to talk about some Chris Jericho videos. And so from a, <laughs> from a business point, standpoint and from creative, I had to say 15 minutes before we, we went on air that if those three were my choices based on what they've booked so far, it might be Chris Jericho for me. Yeah, I, he's the other obvious choice, you know, um, and he's such a great character. But, yeah, he is a WWE guy. He always is going to be. 
Also, will he be around consistently? Because one of the biggest criticisms people have of WWE lately is they have champions who don't come to work, and people Mm. don't like that right now. And I don't like that right now. You know, he doesn't have to wrestle every week, but I need that presence on the show. I need that championship to matter. Um, And last question is, can that great character translate to great matches? And uh, I don't know, like, like you and I both said, we weren't that high on the Kenny Omega match from a year or two ago. So I don't know. I've liked some of Chris Jericho's matches since uh, kind of in this current run. Others, not so much. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he is the best choice. In some ways he is, in some ways he isn't. But at this point, that seems like it's true of everybody. So I don't think there is a clear-cut winner. I think context is going to make or break this. And uh, that's something... Hopefully, AEW will be very good at, because I think in the right context, you can make almost any of these choices work, but you need to do the legwork, and that's what I'm waiting to see. And the problem is now, if we're disqualifying Cody, and we're saying default Omega or possibly Jericho, you're already having Omega versus Jericho, and it's not for the belt, so you know right. how are we moving to this? But I will say this. Um, in just a couple of minutes, we're going to talk about Road to Double or Nothing, uh, which kicks off with Jericho and Cody. That video already has more views in two days than any Double or Nothing video in <laughs> history, yeah. including how long they've been up there. It's, it's almost at 500,000 uh, in two days, so that's not nothing. It's not, yeah. I think part of that, yeah, is the interest in Jericho, and part of that also is stuff actually happened on this Double or Nothing, as opposed to, mm. you know, Cody just talked to, like, his wardrobe designer or something you know some of these have sort of been thrown away but uh no it is a good point um the interest is there it's a really cool video and yeah we are going to talk about it in a second uh but before we do that i was just thinking like outside these three choices who the hell is there like adam page says he wants to be the first champion and i'm gonna swell uh convince me a little i'm gonna say i don't think that should happen um uh, I can help you spoil, convince <laughs> okay. me, and say uh, that I, I agree. Okay. I, I like Adam Page. I like some things about him, and I'm going to praise some things about yes. him. But he should We're not gonna... be the first champion. I, I don't think so. We'll have um, a very sophisticated conversation because I have a question for you, too, and I don't know what my answer is okay. about Adam Page, but I look forward to it. To All right, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that a little later in the show. But uh, So not him. We've talked a lot about Pentagon, but... A, he's in the tag division right now, and B, I was thinking about this, will AEW, and it's too early to say, but will AEW ever be able to fully get behind somebody who is not in the elite, who is not in this little circle of guys who, like, started it originally? And I if don't they know if can't, they will. If they can't, they're fucked. I know, exactly. So they're going to have to prove that to me at some point, if not with Pentagon, then with somebody Beyond him, who? I don't even know. Like, Pac, maybe, I guess? But I don't know. He doesn't seem like he's quite positioned on that level. Maybe he will be after Double or Nothing. I don't know. I, I guess it's hard to know the hierarchy right now. Like I said, I don't think there is an answer yet. But uh, it, it's interesting to think about. But, yeah, this is weird. Because, again, the winner of the Battle Royal will already be the person who gets the first shot. Right. Yeah, we, we got the fight for the Fallen. We got the... um festival mm-hmm. and there's no clear indication we're going to have a champion anytime soon so I, I don't understand the kind of the trajectory we're on right but i will say i was walking home 
kind of having this conversation with myself, and I got to the point where, yeah, Omega default, but I wouldn't go with that. Jericho likely, but I don't like I don't like him being the first champion when he just doesn't feel like AEW. But maybe if I'm booking and money and numbers, maybe so. And Cody, I would love for him to be, but I almost want to protect him and the company by right. not having him. Right. And so I said, if you were booking this shit and your money's on the line, your reputation, is there anyone else? And within two seconds, two seconds, man, Pentagon Jr. was my like. No, they're not booking him for it, so it can't. It's not going to happen. But, like, if you had brought him in and booked him, I mean, seriously, did anybody watch Lucha Underground? <laughs> if you had booked him like that, can you imagine the, the elite, like, all these rumors and just had, let them feed into it? Like, oh, man, you know, what if it's going to be Cody? What if it's going to be Kenny? What if it's going to be Adam Page? What if it's Cody versus Kenny? What does that mean? Blah, blah, blah. And this one motherfucker just keeps ruining that shit. <laughs> and he just doesn't even know better. He's just ruining everything. And Pentagon is not WWE. And he's not AEW. But he is what you could be. And he could, he just, I'm not going to knock AEW because Jericho's doing such a good job in this role. But I think there's a world where Pentagon could have been in a role like that. And it, it would have been very different. But probably on par. But the difference is you got a guy you can go with also. Going forward, so yeah. I'm just going to throw that in there. They're obviously not doing that. Pentagon doesn't even, I don't even know if he wants to be a singles wrestler, but there is a world, I am convinced, where Pentagon could have been your first world champion, and it could have been good for business. Yeah, I, there's a world where you can do Pentagon and Jericho, because they're threats yeah. in such different ways. But yeah, yes. Pentagon is not even in that world right now. And God willing, yeah, um, before long, he will crash into that world with all the bone-breaking force that he can possibly muster. But, uh, but yeah, it may not happen, so we have to steal ourselves for that. Yeah, okay, so we we really don't have an answer yet. Again, God help me, if Kenny Omega is going to be the first champion, it needs to be, I need something other than it's just a default guy. Yeah. Something more than just uh, had a great match. I don't know. Like, I still struggle with Kenny Omega. Like, uh, everything he does is so, like, off kilter to me. Like, you saw in the the video, like, when he says goodnight to the crowd. And this is something he always does. It's so mm -hmm. bizarre. It's, like, not how a human would talk in my, like, I I'm trying to remember the exact wording. But it's, like, uh... Good night, moi, and good luck. <laughs> Bang. And I'm like, this is not, like, that's not a thing. If if Mystic told that to his girlfriend, she'd look at him quizzically, just like he was saying, thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down. It's like a Got thing it. that makes no sense. Like, I don't get it. So, I don't know. The worst part about that is I feel like, I don't know what he's going after, but I feel like he's he's not trying to be. He's trying to be something other. I don't know if it's. I don't know what he's it's different than Sammy Callahan. Yeah, it's not that he's just trying so hard. It's just like he thought of a weird thing and he said it and just like, I don't know, people like him enough that they just went along with the weird thing and the weird thing's not actually any good, but like he just, he, he got through it with this weird, like intangible charisma that he has and he does have it and it's very valuable. It's hugely valuable, but it's just weird to me. Like, I feel like I'm outside the bubble with Kenny Omega and I'm looking in and people are looking at all this weird stuff he does. And I'm just like, what? Like, I don't get it. You know, it's fine that people like it. It's actually cool that people are so excited about it, but it just looks weird, 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 weird from the outside looking in. And I, I've tried not to feed into the, 
what if the elite booking or being creative is a mess because so many people are already like forcing that narrative. But I, I went to bed last night and I was like, I'm going to listen to a Kenny Omega interview, kind of sit down just to see what, how he thinks. And so you got Cody Rhodes, whatever this means, saying he wants a, or a, not even wants AEW is going to be sports centric. You got Jim Ross saying it like it's fact. Jim Ross said the other day that he would like to see no commercial breaks during matches because you don't go away from a match um, with a commercial break. So that's how sports-centric those two are talking. And then listen to Kenny Omega, and he says, I see AEW as being a variety show that happens to also have wrestling. <laughs> those are not the same thing. <laughs> no, they're not. He's so out on his own planet. I don't know if he's even talking to these other people, you know. <laughs> or if he is, I don't know if he's getting it. Oh, man. So that's just those are, we're talking core philosophies of the company at this moment, and they could not be further apart. So yeah, yeah. But then again, yeah, I really think Kenny Omega, like I said, is actually in no way part of the business side of this. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm being worked, quote unquote. Mm. You know, could be. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, could be. Who knows? But uh, yeah, he just doesn't come across at all like he's invested even remotely in that. Like you know, he just wants to be around his friends. And do wrestling and then have time to play his video games and stuff. And, you know, great, fine, good for him. But then, yeah, maybe don't come out and, like, contradict what all your other EVPs are saying. So, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> okay, so we, we will see. It will not be that long, I don't think, to know the difference between a product being sports-centric and a variety show that happens to also include pro wrestling. Two weeks. We'll know a lot more, <laughs> I think, after Double or Nothing. Uh, Absolutely. Itself. Yeah. If you got the money, you know, yeah. if, you, if you don't want to pay your rent that month, you know, you'll, you'll find out as well. <laughs> uh, as uh, as streaming services, not just in wrestling, but everywhere, split more into many more things that you have to pay for. I hear that piracy is coming back in vogue, so uh, mm. not something that I would ever co-sign, but um, it is a thing that exists, and they're going to have to be aware of that. So, yeah, if, if it's uh, too much, then, yeah, you're going to run into problems with that. So I hope we get additional news yeah. um, with additional options. This is a company that, if nothing else, seems to have their uh, finger on the pulse of what's what. Mm. So you would think they would understand this. And we will see. We will see. Right now, though, uh, we will go to someone who, if you were going to pay $50 for a pay-per-view, this guy is the one quality-wise, who is bringing that value. A man I don't think about when he's not there because I am wrestling personally, like I've said, with my own stigma of his being <laughs> such a WWE guy. And do you really want to go there to kick things off, to shine the light most on that guy? But ladies and gentlemen, double, uh, Road to Double or Nothing, new video, Chris Jericho, long, long time ago. I'm talking weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Cody Rose sits down with that amazing sidekick, Mike, and he's like, what should I do? Should I find him? Blah, blah, blah. No, I think he should come into the office, and we should have a sit down. <laughs> so long ago, I forgot it happened. And that's yeah, not a knock. I have to say a little bit of praise on my, part, on my part, because these are storylines that remember themselves. We come on, fade in. Chris Jericho's already in the office. Lo and behold, though, he's not sitting on the couch like Mike with the apple. He is sitting in the chair behind the desk of Cody Rhodes. His feet go up on the desk. They knock 
Cody's name tag right off onto the floor. Uh, Mike tells us, tells Cody, hey, he's waiting for you in the office. And so Cody Rhodes comes in, but not before Chris Jericho is looking at all the items on the desk of Cody Rhodes, a children's book. book. These kind of um, wines and su- such, all these things have been on camera every time we've been in Cody's office. But I don't know about you, Ms. Fan. Have you ever owned something because you liked it? Or you and a certain group of friends liked it, but you didn't really think about how that item might look um, through the eyes of a different kind of friend. <laughs> I don't expose my personal life to those different kinds of friends, so maybe I don't know what that feeling is, but I know what you're getting at. I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, this this guy got into got in there without really permission. So, looking at everything through the eyes of Chris Jericho, this is how good Chris Jericho is right now like i feel anxiety for jericho looking at these items and it, like the children's book all this stuff does 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 this look like is this vince mcmahon's office mm. is this even dusty Rhodes' office no it's like a play president a pretend president a prop up president a child a man who wouldn't exist who wouldn't have a name if it wasn't for chris jericho and I'm just reading that through the expressions um, of Chris Jericho. He is so uh, unreasonable and unconvinced and paranoid about everything. He makes me uncomfortable. Cody Rhodes, at least in the beginning, seems to be a little more nervous, a little more shook, a little bit of not knowing what to do. He comes in kind of big sigh. Awesome. You made yourself comfortable. Great, great. What is this? Listen. I called you here. I asked you here because we're not seeing eye to eye clearly. I need you to know that I am more than glad you're part of AEW. You're the highest paid guy. That's reflected. You don't need to send absurd voicemails. <laughs> What's Jericho? Does he continue the conversation? Does he make a natural transition? No, because he's, this is the man who is off wherever he is. Cutting promos on voicemail. He says, good book. And tosses that children's book aside. Um, I like the message in it. Kids following their dreams. Reaching out, grabbing it. Making things happen. I appreciate that. Of course, that's what I've done my whole career, Cody. And he just goes on and on and on. Talking about signing the contract with AEW. You became legit. AEW became legit. And then this guy, this is... Is something so creepy, so affectively on point. He said, I, I see double or nothing. I see being the lead. I know the mockery you're trying to make of me. And you know goddamn well we've covered this week after week. Nobody's trying to make a mockery of him. But I am convinced that this man, Chris Jericho, believes absolutely that. Then he points to the wall, to the picture of Dusty Rhodes, 1998. And he said, South Dakota, Dusty Rose told me he was going to stick a rocket to my back and shoot me to the moon. Never happened. He lied to me, and you're lying to me, too. Uh, that's about half the video, Ms. Fan. What do, you, what do you think? What do you think if you're watching this? <laughs> um, yeah, I loved this scene. I loved it up to the point that you're talking about. I loved it really all the way through. Um Jericho's character work has been 
some of the best stuff that AEW has produced so far, and this uh, is just another example of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like, I always get a little tense when they go for the easy, the low-hanging fruit, but the way they connected, like Dusty lied to me, and you're lying to me now. Now you get this feeling almost. I remember what Dusty looked like. I remember how he pitched me when I didn't yet know he was lying to me. You don't get that benefit of the doubt. I now know what a Rhodes lie in power lying to me looks like. And Cody Rhodes is not happy about this. Again, this is one I I watched. I, I think I can get my girlfriend now to watch anything with Dustin or Cody in it. <laughs> so I got her to watch this, and and she was. Right when Cody's about to do the thing he's about to do, she was saying, oh, he's he's being very nice or very agreeable, but she seemed a little bit disappointed in that, and then Cody's going to flip a little bit, and she seemed to really like that because Cody responds saying, you won't just thank you so bad. You point at this picture, that's all it is. It's literally a picture. I don't know what Dusty told you in South Dakota, and frankly, I don't care. Here's what I'm telling you. You want to thank you? Thank you. But another thing, this wasn't worth it. This wasn't a good idea. Now I need you to get your shit and get the fuck out of my office. And Cody Rhodes walks out and leaves Chris Jericho standing by himself, talking to himself. You got it, boss, Jericho says. In scene? Not in scene. Uh, Mike asks Jericho. You want me to show you to your car? Very nice. Thank you, Jericho says. And then Jericho strikes that man in the back with Cody's cane and beats him with it. Picks up the apple, takes a bite of it, and throws it back down. My God, what a scene. <laughs> what a scene indeed. Uh, uh, I... Uh... I love this Jericho so much. I I hope it translates to the ring. I wish he were uh, just a little bit younger than he was, because then we mm-hmm. could have a lot more years of this stuff going on. It's such a rich character. They have such a great dynamic. I love when Cody was like, this wasn't worth it. For a second, I thought he meant it wasn't worth it to have Jericho in the company. And I mm-hmm. think maybe he did mean that a little bit. But he's not going to come out all the way and say that because he is an adult and he has responsibilities. (laughs) But Jericho, you know, it doesn't matter because he's going to hear whatever he wants to hear anyway. Whatever's going to feed into um, his paranoia, his delusions of grandeur. Uh, This, uh, like, washed up but doesn't know it rock star, Jericho, is awesome. I love it. And I think there's going to be so much good stuff to do with this guy. Yeah. So I was thinking, too, I feel like he's pulling as much from the world of rock and roll as he is pro wrestling. And there's something really working about that because he is kind of that guy who we can debate if he is still within his prime, past his prime, should be retired, is a legend, whatever. But in his mind, nothing has changed. Like he wears that little stupid bowler hat and that too too tight uh, leather jacket, gloves, boots, like what? where the hell, like. You're just coming to an office. There's no, there's no need to be dressed like that. <laughs> there's something so unstable about the human being, but something so stable about the unstable character that he is playing. Like yeah. the human being, it's like the human being has fully been lost in the, in the character. And then you got Cody Rhodes, who 
isn't trying to be a character. He's trying to be a president. And nobody needs this bullshit. And so I don't know what's going to happen eventually. If Cody Rhodes, when he turns heel, um, if it's going to be that he's just kind of this spoiled guy who always has kind of been like that, or this man's just going to have a breakdown eventually. But I would not want to be a guy who's trying to have a wrestling career and trying to manage personalities like Chris Jericho at the same time. And so this to me was the thing that they're doing, if they can keep doing it right, is they're blending, whether you want to call it more drama TV or even reality TV with like falling wrestling promos. Like Jericho is killing promos on voicemail, sitting at a desk, these it's the first time I'm really seeing this medium and genre of kind of what are supposed to be natural interactions that are also blending just like promos that if you place them in the ring would be as good as any in-ring promo you can get. If they can keep walking that line, just for me personally, they, they got me. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. And again, I really need this to translate to the ring also. Um, so yeah, that's just my only other hope with this, but yeah, I love this. Love that he beat up your man, Mike. Mm, uh, that, mm. that must've been a painful moment for you. I know. Um, even ate a piece of his apple in the yeah. meantime. So wow. Wow. That was, um, that was quite something. See, this is the kind of stuff I want to see on road to double or nothing all along, man. Take me on that road. Chris Jericho's yeah. not happy to be there. He, he fucking hates everyone who doesn't appreciate him. He's going to beat them up and steal their apples, you know? Give me give me more of that. That's my wrestling. I, I want to see apple-stealing, cane-wielding, crazy <laughs> son of a gun breaking down Cody's office. That's what I want to see. Don't don't be happy to be there. Go out and seize, <laughs> seize the apple, man. Take a bite of it. Hang out with Jericho for five minutes. You won't be happy to be there anymore. Yeah, yeah there you go. Oh, Jericho um, goes through and, like, messes with every single person on this roster who doesn't have enough of a personality yet. I hope he aggravates them until until they are forced to react in a way that is outside of their uh, I'm happy to be here character. Show me yeah. that. That's what I want. I love that. I love that. And I've said it before, as long as Cody is this Cody, I do think there's that potential for uh, Mike to be a, his own kind of mean gene to Hulk Hogan back in the early days. Sure, yeah. I love a character like that. Yeah, it's it's he's so not vulnerable that he's vulnerable. You know, he's kind of <laughs> he's not aware of situations, you know. And then he comes in, do you want me to show you to your car? Like, goddamn. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and also a wrestler, so can be involved in stuff if yes. needed. So there's a That's lot of versatility point. there. So I like it. I like it a lot. And I got to find out what Cody Rhodes is about because not only is this an employee in an office setting that Jericho's attacked, but it's one that seems like he is with you a lot. So I, I, I don't want this to go unnoticed. Oh, yeah. No, it won't for sure. So that that's really good, too. We've talked a lot about Cody, like has some heel tendencies, might be better as a heel. But I really hope that doesn't happen for a while. It needs to happen at some point because there is some rich possibility there. But, yeah, I like Cody as like, yeah, maybe he's a little tricky. Maybe, you know, he's still <laughs> Cody Rhodes, but he's the guy like trying to hold the company together. You know, he's kind of the good guy. 
out of the scenario, and I, I, I like that. I hope that goes on for a while yet. We're definitely in agreement on that. Like when, when Benjamin Button was pitching me, I everything he said, I can see it, and I can see it going well. But, and this might just be our particular fandom, but, you know, when Cody Rhodes is kind of, he, he's kind of symbolic right now of my hope for AEW being something I can watch. Right. And he, he could be a heel, and that could still be true, I guess. But every time I see this version of him, I know that to some degree, what I am after exists. Like it, I, it's comforting to know that decisions are coming out of that office. Like even that rhetorical space, that um, that's that that um, that office. All of that to me is is becoming a home base. For AEW, like if the Young Bucks had an office, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. I wouldn't want to be there. I don't want to know the decisions that are coming out of it. Kenny Omega's only home base is sitting in that Being the Elite video with, with his laptop, um, watching a, fi- a festival that became a scam. And even on the latest Being the Elite, uh, he, he just spent a lot more money. I think he's about to meet. I don't know if it's Ja Rule or someone else, but a 90s star, I think, who, who was associated with that, the whole ripoff thing. And they're like, for God's sake, just finish the documentary and see what happens. <laughs> like, I don't I don't have no comfort there. But that office, Cody, Mike, uh, Brandy, Pharaoh, the dusty polka dots uh, sitting on the shelf, the, the dusty picture, all of that is home base for my hopes of what AEW can be. I like complicated Cody. I like Cody Rhodes, who what really makes him a baby face is his old school values is that I'm trying to create this wrestling company. That's an alternative, but then he can still be off in the corner with MJF, you know, all that. But yeah, you turn him heel right now. The only baby face you have is Mr. Default. And I don't know if that's enough. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I guess we'll see. We do get an additional Jericho video that we watched. Um, I don't know where it fits in the uh, chronological order, but uh, it's Jericho watching back at that clip about Cody. Oh, I, I should find him. I don't know if he knows that I'm the boss. Chris Jericho, oh, he thinks uh, Cody must think his last name is Khan instead mm. of Rhodes. And uh, he's throwing his money around. He doesn't care about fines. He's making fun of Glacier and the guy with the apple. Mm-hmm. He doesn't listen to anybody. A lot of fun stuff in this one, too. <laughs> this this Jericho, man, he's really, ah, he's doing a lot for me. Yeah. And props to AEW for even using that Cody Khan line, because to me, that almost seems like a line that you'd be afraid people would come up with. <laughs> sure. And they, they just get ahead of it, and it's hilarious the way he delivers it. And then he writes the check to Cody Khan. So, again, it's this Jericho that, Oh, I got so much money, I can just like burn it in front of you. I can just write you a check, but there's no Cody Khan. So even then, like, this is the thing about this character: you're not writing a check because that's not a real thing, but you're acting like like that. That instability of message and action is so like it, it's like a little horror movie ish in how far gone he is, and I don't trust him. But this is strike two. Like he attacked Mike. Strike one. Strike two is in the guy with the apple. I don't even know his name. Don't want to know. That's strike two. I don't know what I can do to you, Jericho, but one more time. 
one more time. Something's got to happen. That man is just trying to do his job. Already he got shamed because um, StarCast, when they met with the folks from StarCast, they had an awesome new app. And then Brandy and Cody asked about, does AEW have a new app? And he hadn't done any work. You know, he's doing the best he can with the the limited uh, faculties, God-given faculties they may have. He's eating his apples. He's trying to be healthy, trying to enjoy his life. Shouldn't hit him with a cane. And he should not know his name. Talk about having the apple and ate the apple and you like the apple because he has good taste in apples. A strike two, though. Cody better step up. And again, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say because I have expectations. I don't know what a variety show with pro wrestling that happens to have pro wrestling is, but I do know that we are two weeks away from Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho, and I have learned to like Kenny Omega in some ways. Like, I'm trying my best, but at the same time, whether it's on Omega or maybe it's on AEW, the way they're booking this, there's a ton of heat on Cody, uh, Chris, but what what the hell is there to say about Jericho Omega right now? Mm. I have no, like, if I'm not, if I'm not doing this show and I'm judging that main event, I don't know that I put $10 down for that main event. Yeah. I paid 25 for uh, Nick Aldis and Marty Skrull, knowing Marty Skrull is going to lose and... I don't put ten dollars down on this Jericho. I don't know what's about. They, they Jericho came out and they started slapping each other. That is that's the feud right now. So mm. I don't know what that's that's on Omega and AEW though. Yeah, for sure. Like they they don't seem to have any kind of interaction. They don't seem to really have any kind of problem. I know they sort of fought at the, the, the rally and uh, we saw in Double or Nothing, I guess they fought again a little bit at oh, an yeah. indie show but I don't know why yeah. you know, and uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like they really have much of anything to do with each other, so I don't know, I guess we'll see Jericho has a better angle with Mike right now <laughs> You're not wrong, my friend You're not <laughs> wrong <laughs> One other thing yeah. I want to pick out of Double or Nothing some that I like, we get a promo from Pac who says, mm. a rolling stone gathers no moss, but Adam Page has become a very mossy stone. I love this because it was a good promo and because he was wearing the Open the Dream Gate Championship from Dragon Gate, uh, arguably the number two title in all of Japan, to show that he is actually out there doing the work and just making fun of Adam Page, making fun of the idea that he could beat him. He says Adam Page is a dud. Um... This was this was good fun. We haven't seen enough of Pac doing stuff like this yet, but I hope we see a lot more of it because I like this quite a bit. Yeah, even I like when he's there, and I halfway like when he's not because, like he said, when he came on, I'm actually out there doing things. Yep, yep. And this again, true. it's that same trope. Like he doesn't like these guys because they're privileged, fucking elite stars. Who Adam Page has been anointed because of association, and he's not cool with that. And it's different. Like, if you're a heel, you could be you could be the MJF heel and maybe say all this stuff and it's empty rhetoric and that pisses people off. Or you can be the Pac kind of heel who is actually right about what he's saying. And Adam Page <laughs> gets a chance to prove him wrong at Double or Nothing. But as of right now, Adam Page has stood on a stage and went on a diet. Pac has went around the world wrestling for championships. Mm. So figure that out. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I do wonder, uh, time will tell, but in retrospect, I wonder if the Elite will regret taking almost five months out of the ring uh, while mm. AEW comes together. Because, I don't know, I think it's had... Uh, it's in a way they're they're gonna be in the conversation because AEW is in the conversation, but they sort of been out of the conversation. You know, they even mentioned it like the young bucks are like, wow, the like the Lucha Brothers are out there doing stuff and we're not. And yeah. you know, Pac is like, I'm out here doing stuff and you're not. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Time will tell if uh, there will be any regrets with that or not. Not for Cody, since he's wrestling a guy who also is at the, at <laughs> and the ring. he's been injured, which is, you know, actually the good reason to stay out of the ring. Yeah, um, so. good point. He also, but if he's not using a cane anymore, maybe he should lock it up or, or put it away. Yeah, maybe, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Hey, I love that cane, though, honestly. That's I love cool. that cane. Yeah, cool cool canes. Conan can tell you about cool canes, so we love yes. Conan here. So. Okay, so we are about to do, I think, we say it's a lot, but it's often true. This is, I think, one of the more interesting Convince Me segments, mm-hmm. because I think there's going to be a lot of conversation. Actually, today a transcript came out from the final Ross report. Um, Adam Page was a guest on it. Mm. Adam Page talking about he feels like he has been in the shadow when he was in the Bullet Club and the Elite, and that... A lot of those guys now are EVPs or whatever, and their time is split, but he's 27 years old and believes that he should be the face of AEW. Mm. So here we, here we go. words, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, man. Uh, I don't know how to do this because it's complicated. He definitely, the style I saw it all in seems to square up with the style of wrestling of Adam Page. Mm. In what way? Mm-hmm. Um, bit of a brawler, mm-hmm. can hit some really big high flying moves. Works the outside of the ring quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so in that way, this was not new to me. In it more solidified kind of what I saw when I saw him. Mm. All uh, right. So uh, I can tell there's some mixed feeling, and I feel that as well. Um. If you didn't see these matches, I did post them in uh, LP forum, so check them out. It is uh, the first one, Jay Briscoe taking on uh, Hangman Adam Page a couple years ago in Ring of Honor. And then uh, his G1 match with Minoru Suzuki from uh, last year, plus uh, a promo and a bonus match. We'll see how much we get to those. So tell me the good first. What's what, what's good about Adam Page, in your opinion? Maybe the best thing about Adam Page is... I want him to do well. Mm. Like he, he kind of has a feel like Barry Windham, Kurt Hennig, West Texas rednecks uh, phase. <laughs> like he's got that blue collar. He's got that country. He's got that very, I guess a difficult upbringing. So I got some of his backstory as this went on and you look at the guy and this is the good and the bad, I guess, because if you isolate Adam page, I can look at him and say right now, personally, he's not one of my favorites. Like I don't connect with him like that. But why not have? Why not be able to advance? Like, what potential doesn't he have? Mm. My problem with Adam Page is every time I put another human being next to him, I prefer the other human being. <laughs> so I don't know how much of that is me personally, because like that might not matter because Kenny Omega, I might be able to say the same thing at times about, and mm. that doesn't matter. So, but like even Jay Briscoe, I thought to myself, like this is a good match. I like Adam Page versus Jay Briscoe. Like they are. 
they are letting each other have something. It's mm-hmm. a it's a grudge match. It's a feud. It's a brawl. But I said to myself, if I had never watched either of them, didn't know their backstory, who would stand out the most? And I think for me it would be Jay Briscoe. Mm. Because Adam Page, he almost reminds me of Robert Roode when Robert Roode was the enforcer. And at that time, I was like, I don't really like this guy. I see something in him, but I don't know how limited or not it is. Right. And it's the same thing. And it's like Briscoe was about it. And I look at him and I'm convinced he's got the look, the moves, everything. I'm like, yep, this guy's legit. Adam Page, he's still performing, still becoming. And I'm like, yeah, you might have it and then you might not have it. And so we can answer this question. Anytime you want, but we'll go through the matches. But the thought I had, what do you let's let's say that we we have an AEW right now where we have a top tier that seems to be uh, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. and then we have kind of that battle royal of up and comers, the MJFs, the Joey Janellas, and I think in between them, in WCW speak, at least for the first show, the United States title, which would be almost above the battle royal and beneath the top stars is Pac versus uh, Paige. Mm. So which one do you think would happen or should happen first? Adam Page is able to leapfrog the top tier and become the guy, or at least become on the stage with them, or somebody in the Battle Royal leapfrogs Adam Page? Uh, definitely. Three or four names in the Battle Royal would be leapfrogging Adam Page, in my opinion. Um Others might not problem. share that, but yeah, no, I yeah, I agree. And this is the thing too, yeah, no, if you're in the elite, you're gonna be privileged in your booking to a certain yeah. extent. I don't know if he's there in and of his own right. Um, that's not to say that's not a huge slam on it, Hangman Page, because he is very good. Like I liked both of these matches a lot. The Jay Briscoe one, I was particularly glad to find because it's the one that kind of put him on the map. For me and a lot of others, I think, um, it showed how he can hang with, uh, you know, really a violent situation, how he can um, yeah. stick in there. He can keep coming back. He can surprise you. He can do some cool things. Um, and, yeah, I've liked him in general. But, yeah, just just based on, like, the potential that I see, I don't know if I'd put him ahead of uh, – I wouldn't put him ahead of, like, MJF, you know, Darby Allen. Yeah. we've seen – I think Joey Janela has some advantages on him. Ace Romero has some as well. And that's just, you know, kind of off the top of my head for these Battle Royal people. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. As I watch all of them more, maybe my opinion will continue to change because uh, I think there's some different cherry-picking matches as opposed to watching week to week. But yes, I want to say also, what did you think of this promo that I said, the little promo he did with Kota Ibushi? What, what was your opinion on that? If I had to be honest, and that's my goal, I think the promo might have been the best thing that I saw in the whole package. But I don't know. I don't know if it's a one-off. I liked, okay, the wordplay and the storytelling. But I also noted, is this is this him or is this somebody like kind of putting this together? Mm. But, you know, he tells us in a short amount of time, I was born and raised on a family farm, and today that just doesn't cut it. All my life, I've searched for a home. So when he found the, was it Bullet Club at this time? Um, yeah. He found his home, and then he talks about home records. So he goes, he goes into like I found my home to, you know, home records, and um, 
I will do anything to protect my home. Step to my front lawn, but you will not open the front door. So whoever put that together, be that him or somebody else, that shit is like that's lyrically sound. Like that's the wordplay is there, and this, and I and I got a sense of him because all these matches, he's a brawler, but he's also like gonna do a moonsault on the floor, mm. and the match is like super good, but then there's like one, two, three flips too many or one, two, three pinfalls or submissions too many when I think it should have went out. So like I got I got I got a mixed bag as a wrestler as far as like damn the potentials there, but. I think there could be some sophistication or honing of skill that could take place. Mm-hmm. But the most I felt like, okay, you're a human being and not just a hangman, is that promo. Gotcha. Well, I will say then, um, however he put that together, I hope that is what he continues to do because uh, I went through quite a few promos before I found one that I actually liked. Mm. Um, so a lot of them did not impress me that much. I think he gave one right after the rally where he first said, like, I should be the face of the company. And the promo made me think, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> you know, Even at the rally. Quite he was honestly. Yeah. So. So, yeah, uh, obviously the potential is there, I think, in the ring and as a character. Is it all the way there? I don't think I really see it yet. You know, and uh, promos in particular may be something he needs to hit this kind of note and not a bunch of the other notes that I saw in order to be effective. Yeah, he's being very young bucks at the thing. Like, let's have a let's have a parade and let's just like mm-hmm. brag about ourselves and say nothing. Like a lot of wasted calories, empty words. <laughs> and yeah, I. And that's why. I, yeah. Well, well, Pac, well, Pac has been out there. Yeah, winning championships and kind of being awesome. Adam Page, the whole thing. And I know it's being the elite, so it sort of doesn't count. But the whole thing is like, oh, my body kind of looks like shit. Yeah. You know, maybe I should get in shape or something. You know, so. It's not very compelling to me, you know, and it is sort of like self-deprecating. And in wrestling, I don't know, I think it's hard to do that well in a way that will engage me like for the matches. Then again, I don't know if being the lead is supposed to engage me for matches or if it's yeah. a, if its own little variety comedy show that I'm supposed to like on its own merit. So That's a good question. Yeah. I also started to think I could possibly see him turning heel um, after a while because if he really is about family – like his family's not treating him well right now. True. And, you know, they they could be much better than him. But then, then the problem is, I can't have you being I am the low guy on the totem pole. Fuck you, elite. Because I've already given that storyline away to somebody else. Mm. And his name's Marty Skrull. <laughs> and the problem is, again, every time I put Adam Page beside somebody else. It's to somebody else I want to go with. Mm-hmm. And we're not being unfair here. We're being too fair because the man himself is the one coming out saying, no, right now, let me be the face of the company. Let me be the first champion. And the match with Pac is a high status match. Yeah, it is. So in my mind right now, and again, maybe I'm saying this too much, but I am allotting for this man to surprise me and grow into any kind of talent. But where it is right now. You're not nobody. You're nobody on that top tier, and you're not Pac either. You're none of them. If you were in the battle royal, you might be third, fourth, fifth best in there. Mm. And maybe this is the thing I need from him. I would like to know what his reaction would be to that. Right. I don't want to hear no, but I want to be the. I don't give a fuck if you want to be the best. I hope everybody in the company wants to be the best. But what are you gonna do to be the best? Because when I see Pac, Pac 
seems hungry. Mm. You don't think there are people in that battle royal? Like, you give MJ F room, you don't think he's going to go after something? So I don't want to hear about what you should be. That's, that almost reinforces what I'm afraid of about you. I want to see what you can do. In these matches, I saw someone who can do what I saw it all in. Mm. They can put on a hell of a fight, hell of a match. They can definitely be in a feud. But, again, how many of these guys also can put on a match? It's not a perfect match, and there are some of them are very similar. So, yeah. I, it's, yeah. It's interesting you mentioned Barry Windham because I actually thought of some connection between them as well. And uh, it's not to say I think Hangman Page is as good as Barry Windham. He should uh, aspire to be as good as Barry Windham at his peak. Everybody should, to be honest. But he reminded me a little bit of him in the sense that I always kind of felt Barry Windham had the talent but was sort of just going with the flow, you know? Like he would just mm. kind of go along with what was happening. Um, and uh, he never quite broke out in that way that, uh, you know, maybe I kind of wish that he was. He never was the top champion. He never was the top name. He never was, like, a, a big personality. Um, and I don't know. It seems like Adam Page, maybe he could go the same way. Because Barry Windham also, you know, uh, he had connections to wrestling through family. Yeah. He was connected to Ric Flair. He had a lot of a lot of people who would kind of vouch for him, bring him in, use him for the talents that he had. But as good as he was, he never went to that top, top, top level the way he could have. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's some connection there with a guy like Hangman Page. Oh, God. I don't know why this happened, but while you were saying that, I was seized with a strong felt sense that Adam Page might should have been the one who broke away and signed with WWE. Maybe. I could see him maybe. Like, the something about the NXT brand, I could see him maybe thriving, like, the, the fitting with that. And whether you make it or don't make it, I feel like either he needs to, like, legit separate from the elite or they need to do storylines that really... Maybe he needs to take a lot of shit for a while, and that might suck. But the one story, the storyline I don't need is him out there pretending like he should be the first world champion. Yeah, I, if he beats Pac, they're going to have to do a lot of work to convince me that that was a good idea. Because at this point, I don't think that should happen at all. I think Punk should, uh, you know, they they should have quite a fight, I think. It should not be easy. Yes. But Pac should definitely go over Adam Page at this point, just for everything that we've seen that they both put into this. You know, Adam Page is thinking about how his body looks, and Pac is, like, out there murdering people in Japan and ready to yeah. just, like, kill kill the world and eat it if he needs to, so. Yeah. I think Pac will win. I, I, I would be shocked if Pac doesn't win. Same. I, if he yeah. wins, I'll say. If he, it'll, it'll feel like a very bad sign, because if it's just the elite guys getting wins, then probably not going to stick around for a long time. I wonder if Marty does come in, not really feeling the elite, if maybe they would break Page off and put Page and Marty against um, some of these guys, Omega and Kenny, uh, Cody. And... Could be, could be. Page could also be a target for Skrull, yeah. you know? Like, uh, they brought you, they didn't bring me, you know? And I'm ten times better than you, you know? So, I don't know, could, could be something there as well. There's a lot of possibilities. I do appreciate that. Yeah, and again, 
oh man, different day. If if, if this was convinced me he belongs on the roster, sure. Oh, sure he does. Yeah. And they're, they should be happy to have him. Convince me that he could be in the Battle Royal? Yeah. Convince me he should win the Battle Royal? No. Convince me he should beat Pot? No. Convince me he should be top tier right now? No. So, he needs to check his trajectory because he's on the wrong path right now. Mm. I don't want to hear him talk about deserving. Yeah. I don't understand this. I, look at Ibushi. So, he puts out, like, an interview saying... That when he was with Omega, he kind of was in the shadows and kind of just went along. And that, you know, he never let himself break out. And then you watch him, and he's having what was for me the match, one or two matches of the night. He's winning championships. I don't think, I think his comments were perfectly aligned with his trajectory. I think uh, Cowboy Boots, um, Hangman. The comments have gotten out ahead of the trajectory, and they need to be reeled in really fast. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, did you have a chance to watch the bonus match by any chance? I watched it, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that, because we can almost talk about that in a totally different context to the rest of this stuff. Yes. Uh, that match is Cody, Page, and Skrull. Taking on uh, Ibushi, Omega, and Chase Owens from uh, last February. Part of the whole Bullet Club is fine storyline with Cody kind of scheming to split the club apart. A lot of interesting stuff in this one. I knew that you would like this one a lot, so I want to hear some thoughts about that. This is so goddamn interesting. This is so good. My thought was watching this that I've said at times that maybe the reasons why I watched WWF in the 80s and loved it. The the, the closest they line up to me to anything since then is Lucha Underground. Mm. And that this is company-based, and the videos and the production are on point, and the characters are larger than life, but you don't know how much of it is the characters and how much of it is the company. That's, that's old-school stuff, WWF stuff. This here, to me, was old-school NWA, WCW, because it's character-driven. It's nuanced. It's human beings. And so you've got these storylines that are going crazy, but also a match that's going on. you got um, the return, the reunited Omega and Ibushi, the Golden Lovers. And you got Cody Rhodes, who is so spoiled that he cannot stand for anyone to be in the spotlight for two seconds. So those are the big storylines. And then you got the man who, in my opinion, was carrying the uh, large portion of the match, being in the ring throughout the most of it, for me, was Marty Skrull. Because you got this complex storyline. God love him. That he does not want to do damage to Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega put him on. If all of that sounds like a lot, it's because it is. But it didn't feel like a lot. Because it's just characters being human beings who are complex. And if you know your role and you know who you are, all that shit can just play forth naturally. So how's it play out for Cody? Cody will not let 
the Golden Lovers tag each other. And you know the fans want to see them back together. The fans wanted to see them do tag work. The fans want to see them tag. And Cody breaks it up not to win the match, but because you two don't get to have this moment. Because that what, what does that have to do with me? It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> and you can't stand it. Then you got that tease of Omega and Ibushi, but it's Owens, Chase Owens and Omega, who have to do all the teamwork together because that tag is not being allowed. You got Marty threatening to break the fingers of Kenny Omega and like one side cheering him on. And Marty's girl will never be the smartest man in a room. He could be by himself and he's still not going to be the smartest man in a room. (laughs) And you can tell, you can look at his face and he just doesn't know what to do. He's kind of malfunctioning. And Ibushi comes in and kicks him in the back eventually so that he doesn't have to make a decision. Like, you, you, you made your decision. Mm. But it's awesome watching a man who is the villain, who is a low-down creep in a lot of ways. Here's one thing I want to say. This is a sidebar. Stop spitting on people. Like Adam <laughs> Page spit twice. I can't stand that. Um, uh, there's too much spitting Nick. in modern wrestling. I will co-sign that very strongly. <laughs> Yeah, so you got this guy in in Marty who's very, very gross at times. He's very, very, you know, he'll do whatever it takes to win. But you also got this guy who cannot break the fingers of Kenny Omega because what what a ride. How many T-shirts? How many title opportunities? How much name value? How much family? Again, Marty feeling the same thing that Adam Page feels. You gave me home. And one thing I have to ask, because I'm watching from the outside, is yes, they gave you home. But it seems like they're a little bit abusive mm. to Adam Page. And it seems like they're very abusive to Marty's girl. So what is the price of this home that you're paying for? Mm. And we got a little bit of babyface 1990s privilege because <laughs> uh, throughout the match, girl can't do anything to Omega. But when they get the advantage, they damn sure don't mind doing stuff to him. Yep. So that was interesting. I thought it was a great match. I love the exchanges. Um, I don't know, man. Just character development, storytelling, and wrestling. Like, it's, it's all, to me, on point in this match. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think about stuff. We talked about Lex Luger and Sting, that nuanced relationship. You got that nuance just taken for granted here. That it's just built into the cake. So I, I, I greatly appreciate what I saw in this match. Oh, that's great. I really thought that you would. Um, it wasn't really about Adam Page, but it, it had a lot of elements that I, I knew that we would uh, appreciate talking about. So glad we could put it on here. Um, I'll say for myself, I did really like it as well. It was almost in spite of myself, because another trope that I think is really overdone in modern wrestling is I am in a match, but I don't want to wrestle my opponent. Mm. And I've seen it so much that I've kind of gotten really tired of it. But they sort of won me over then, kind of in spite of myself, like I said, because they told the story so well. They made me believe it in a way that I don't always do. So props to that. Props to this whole storyline. Some very good stuff. And hopefully um, a very good indication of the kind of stuff we could see in AEW. Because if you look at the people here, a lot of the same people involved probably had some hand in kind of putting their own stories together. Um, so yeah, very good signs, I think, coming out of this match. Yes. I had written down, I hope AEW holds on to these complexities. Mm. And I can't read my own writing again. One day, one day, Miss Van, I'll type. 
<laughs> but I have the definition of complexity. A fact is a factor in a complicated situation. And the one thing that hit me about this match versus other wrestling, too much story is booked on the situation, but not the factors that have to happen to lead up to it and make it work. Mm. So we're big picture, but not small. These guys are all about each and every factor. Right. And that's when you got me as a fan, because that's when you're hitting your keys, your nuance, your history, your characters. I love uh, the Golden Lovers uh, offense. I love the powerbomb throw into the German suplex. Yeah. That was a cool move. Um, Adam Page has a nice moment where he does his little flip slingshot uh, lariat to break up the V-trigger. Mm. So he has his moment. Um, interesting. I wouldn't have guessed who was going to win, so that was, I think, the heels take this one. I, yeah, I mean, coming in, I figured Chase Owens was taking the pin. I figured oh, that's good. why he was there. Um, not that he, he actually did a much better job than I thought he would. He impressed me more than he has sometimes. But, yeah, like, out of these six, you could probably guess that it's Chase Owens who's going to take the pin. So Yeah, that's a good point. Um, um, all right, yeah, so so cool stuff there. Uh, we'll continue to try to dig out cool matches as long as we're doing Convince Me's. I don't know how long we're going to continue those, past double or nothing. But I hope we do some more because I really like doing these segments. Um any thoughts you wanted to share from the Minoru Suzuki match? Because uh, I don't know if you know, but I, I'm a big fan of Minoru Suzuki. I thought uh, he had a very good showing as well here. So I was more watching in the context of Adam Page, so it was know. it was more like it's kind of what I imagined it would be. Mm-hmm. There is a there is a weird weirdly shaped ramp that they use. That. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, and I you love know unique yeah unique unique sets. Please AW if you have all that money. Make some unique sets. That's what I want to see. He also kind of plays Jay Briscoe in that both of them seem like the guy who kind of dominates the match and just who is more believable to me dominating. Mm-hmm. Whereas Adam Page, he pops his moments. Like you let him go for a minute, give him some space, and he's going to come back at you. But I didn't see him like dominate a match yet, and I don't know what that would look like if he did. I don't oh, really, remember. yeah, I don't know if he should really. I don't, yeah. I don't know what that looks like either, come to think of it. So that maybe that's not just not who he is necessarily. So, all right, cool, fair enough. All right, that's convinced me. I would say one of the more fun ones, maybe we are not convinced as much as we have been uh, on the top tier of people. But, yeah, like you said, if you, if you want to ask, should Adam Page be in this company? Should he get some big opportunities? The answer is definitely yes. He shouldn't get the top opportunities just yet, in my opinion. But maybe in time, you know, we'll see. He's going to have to earn that more than I think he has so far. I can't think of anything worse for him if he got that. If you were actually the first champion, yeah, yeah that would be a very hard sell for me. Like, he, he didn't even really occur to me in any kind of realistic way. So I'm not saying I would uh, abandon the company if he did win the title because I would be curious. But I would be more curious, like, in a, a very cautious way of, like, you may have just made a really terrible mistake kind of way. So, but, yeah, hopefully hopefully that is not the idea. I think I would laugh at the company. <laughs> Put it in the context of $50 pay-per-view and a world champion. You know, it's just, yeah. he's not going to be the first world champion. I'll go ahead and say that. I would hope, yeah. You know, he he needs hard times in his life is what he needs. <laughs> Agreed. I can see him sitting on a porch with Dustin Rhodes and they just talk about all the woes in the world. <laughs> woes <laughs> of farm life. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay, so he's got to roll now. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so um, I don't know how this is going to go. I am officially, and I don't think this will be your response, and I do not want to uh, kill your buzz, mm. but I am um, growing. I am cooling down on this MLW experience. Oh, no. Okay. I need them to kick it up, and maybe they will soon, but it's just getting... It's getting hard for me. <laughs> well, we're not obligated. We can always uh, switch to something else or, I don't know, do something. But uh, I don't know if I had that experience exactly with this episode. I can maybe see what you're talking about. Um, but, yeah, we are going to talk about, uh, what is this, episode 11, I think? I think 12, so. Yeah, maybe? 11. So, uh, yeah, I think 11. So before we start, I'm going to give you yes. the real top 10, of course. A lot of movement this week. Like we said last week, we got a lot of big singles matches. So, bumped off the list due to non-competing, Austin Aries dropping all the way off from number two. Had a very big victory in the very first match. Has not been seen since. So, goodbye, Austin Aries. Come again if you want. If not, we're not going to cry for you. Uh, so, new to the list in the number 10 slot, we have Rich Swan, who defeated Koto uh, Brazil. A couple weeks ago, he's moving on up. Staying at number nine, we have Simon Gotch. Debuting on the list for the first time is Teddy Hart at number eight, who defeated Trey Miguel. Up from number eight, we have Jimmy Havoc. Up from number seven, now at number six, we have Phoenix. Staying at number five, we have Sammy Callahan. Up from the number six spot, at number four, we have Barrington Hughes who has been defeating people in record time. Give him some competition, for God's sakes. Staying at number three, we have MJF. At number two, moving up to number two, we have Jack Swagger. And still at number one, with no title shot in sight, Filthy Tom Waller. So that's your real top ten for MLW Fusion. We're going into episode 11 and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's some good stuff to talk about in here, but we'll we'll see. We'll get right into it here. Yeah, I, I do think that your top ten is super relevant in that, no, we're not seeing Tom Lawler maybe wrestling a lot of matches right now, but he is two or three times on the show and kind of anointed as uh, himself as I am in this spot. And he will even – it will be – he will be provoked – later on for the lack of a title shot. So. <laughs> Indeed, very timely. Uh, yeah, so just from his presence, he exudes that, but also undefeated with two victories under his belt over uh, relatively big guys. ACH and Fred Ye had both fallen to Tom Lawler so far. So, so yeah, um, he's right in that driver's seat for sure. Yeah, this is, a, this is um, some cool stuff that we're going to see. Some updated uh, moments and stories. We kick off with Barrington Hughes, which you know if, if you've been listening to this show, like he disappears for a long time, but now it looks like he is coming for real. Last time we saw him was the week before. He actually took on Sammy Callahan's um, whatever they are associated with him. Yeah, two on one. While the world champion did not have to be asked twice mm -hmm. to walk out. <laughs> and this man, Barrington Hughes, has a bandage on his head, and he's doing a promo, and the look on his face is just like migraine headache times 100. Mm -hmm. Very good look on his face. And then beyond that, um, he said he was clocked in the back of the head. He doesn't know what it was, names some potential pro wrestling objects that might get you. Um, he said it took two of you to take me down. 
and now you got a problem. And he laughs, and then he sells his head hurting from the laugh. That's fucking Barrington Hughes. That is the best support a world champion who never deserved to be world champion can get. Mm. I liked it, Miz Van, kicking off with my man Barrington Hughes. I liked it a lot. Barrington Hughes is a guy who should have been a staple of, like, Saturday night or something, you know. And, hey, uh, yes. hey, for sure, for sure. I liked the guy a lot. Um, what's interesting to me, apart from, yeah, it was, like, really well done, very good on Barrington Hughes' part, the way it was phrased makes me think that there may have been a third person involved who we don't know mm. about yet who helped to take out Barrington Hughes because – he was very unclear about how he got hit. It was from behind while he's fighting these two guys. Maybe it was one of the two, but maybe it wasn't. So a little bit of intrigue there. Damn good detective work. If that turns out to be so, then props and points to you and to MLW because that's nice. And also, those two jackass idiots could not have done it themselves. <laughs> Agree. Whoever they I, are, we don't know their names. We don't want to know their names. That's the biggest buzzkill, I think, right now. It's not that this is bad. I think two things. Happened. One, we've been separated from the show for a while, so it's not as easy to stay in the kind of the mood and moment of it. Mm. But two, I don't understand how they book people because some people like Pentagon will be the number one contender and you'll see him two times in six weeks. Um, like Lawler will be the number one contender and you don't really know until someone tells you. And then Sammy Callahan will be 17 times on the show every week. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand that the way they pace things. Yeah. Or the Hart yeah. Foundation will be teaming up when Teddy Hart just came in that week. Like the pacing is completely different for different people. And yeah, it, it does seem kind of slapped together sometimes. Like they're just getting people where they can. Uh, we've talked about before. It seems like there are things happening that we are not privy to, and they never really explain why. Yeah, Teddy Hart comes in, and we're all shocked to see him. And then two seconds later, there's a graphic <laughs> for like his tag team match. You know, that's coming up. At With the group Riot, that he's in. So, yeah, yeah, it is strange. And then, oh god, we'll just do it. But I'm just, I'm fucking tired of, of Callahan. I think is my biggest problem. I don't want to go down to the boiler room with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. He has been uh, on the show quite a lot, and uh, I'm, I'm not a fan. You know, he doesn't really do a lot for me. I, I definitely get that critique. So. Like, we are not married to MLW. If you do want to stop, there are other things that we could potentially check out. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm still invested, but, yeah, the Callahan stuff is not easy to get through for me. I'm trying to give them the benefit of that. Like, we're, we're going to take it easy for a few weeks. You know, next week we got the listener's choice. We got um, a week off. We got double or nothing. But I think they're going to pick up because we, we do have Battle Riot coming. So I think it is yep. the time it's going to pick up again, but it's just – I don't know how to explain this because match of the year in Impact Wrestling is thought to be Pentagon versus Sammy Callahan. And I heard Doc and Doc is bigging up Callahan and that match. And I thought, nice, that's great. Because this is almost not fair. Number one, I can make an objective as object, objective as a human being can make argument for what I don't like about. I think he sucks on the mic. I don't believe him as a character. Mm-hmm. But but I, the thing I can't say, the thing I can say is not fair is that just as a, from a highly sensitive person standpoint, like what the affective embodiment that I feel, like the mood, the feeling, like he, he turns me off to what I'm watching. And I don't know what to do about that. That could be my problem. Fine. But like, what I do, man, like you, you put me in a space I don't want to be in. Mm. And, you know, I don't, I don't understand. And I'm a stupid hat. I don't, to me, 
Oh, God, this would be like if you're watching a fantasy movie where people are in, like, fifth grade, and he's the bully, but, like, when you see him, like, he's a giant because they become the things they are, but then when, he, when he's not in that fantasy world, he's just a stupid little fifth fifth grade boy who, the first time he gets socked in the mouth, his bully days are over. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that's, that's he strikes me as, and I need someone to pitch me, like, pitch me on who he's supposed to be. Like, what am I not seeing? I've even bought in, like, I'm more Jimmy Havoc than you are. So I'm trying. God damn it, I'm trying. <laughs> but Sammy Callahan, it's a bridge too far. Well, I'm much more Jimmy Havoc than I am Sammy Callahan. So, yeah, I don't know. In the right time and place, I do think there's something you can do with Callahan. I watched the match with Pentagon, and I wasn't that impressed compared to others. But, yeah, some people have really liked it. A lot of people have really liked it, like you said. Yeah, a lot of people. Um, and I'm glad. And I'm very glad as well. And uh, I don't know. It's always a little uh, um, difficult when, again, like you're just you're outside the little bubble where everybody's having a good time, and you're looking and like, why are you having such a good time with this? Like, I don't know. I don't begrudge them, but it's weird. It's a weird feeling. No. Yeah. So it's a good feeling because outside Austin areas, man, people need to sit the fuck up and pay attention. And Pentagon might be one of them that needs to sit the fuck up and pay attention to who yeah. Pentagon is. Yeah. Because I thought about this morning. I think you said this on the show. And somehow I've numbed myself because of this. But he might have more freedom now than he's had before. Maybe he wants to be the guy that he is in AEW. And if he does and he is, then I'm sorry, man. That's not the way to go. Right. But it's not nothing. This man had one, one of the matches that was considered match of the year candidate was – LAX versus um, the Lucha Bros. Yeah. Then he won the world title, and they took it off of him for no good reason. So he did nothing not to lose. And then the match with Callahan stopped to be maybe match of the year for Impact. So check the resume. Like, what are we doing here? Mm. I've been I've I've tried to be patient in my patience. I didn't even make it to double or nothing in my patience. You know, <laughs> I thought I was being really patient, but this man, I'm just gonna say, I ask a question. Ah. Uh, did anybody, Miss Fan? Did anybody watch? It's not even Lucha Underground. Did you watch? Did anybody watch fucking Impact? Mm. The man deserves to be a world champion. And oh god. Okay, so I just I'm gonna get back on that Pentagon thing soon. So they, AEW needs to they need to work with me because he ain't getting younger. He almost broke his neck the other week. Give us what we need. Stop. And why can't Pentagon be Sammy Callahan in MLW? Okay, I'm done. I'm done ranting, but man, I remembered that Pentagon was part of AEW this week, and I'd forgotten that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not quite the way we would have liked it to go. So, like I said, my offer stands. We can always do uh, Pentagon, the Legacy Series, and just watch through all the good stuff of this man if we want to, if we need to feel better. Maybe it'll feel worse, because if it doesn't work out, so much the worse, but... um I don't know. Time will tell. Hopefully, talent will rise to the top. Um, we'll see. Talent rising to me also is Cotto Brazil. I like him. Mm. He's a little understated. I think that that's a little understated can be underrated. You know, he ain't got to come out here like Adam Page and say he should be the world champion. He won one match and he he, he understands that. Yep. But he's moving forward for trajectory. I was happy to see him last week. I was happy to see him this week until he gets sucker punched. Dragged around the back and then carried on the shoulders of these two idiots uh, that work with Callahan while Callahan stands in the front um, and says, "Go ahead." 
we don't get paid to be entertaining. And I said, ah, I wish someone would renegotiate that contract. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kellyanne singing high cross buns to uh, to demonstrate yeah. that is something that's completely lost on me. Like, I get on some level what he's trying to do, but it's so disconnected from anything that I can engage with that I don't even know what to think about it. Can you help me? Because I didn't understand that, so. I guess, like... Like, you sing a song to entertain someone, I guess, is the idea behind uh-huh. it. Yeah. So, like, here's my bit of entertaining, but that's all I'm here for. So, okay, good. You didn't entertain me, so job accomplished. Yeah, I didn't even know he was singing. Like, I, I sat there really singing. He's just saying words right now. Like, he, he like he had a fucking breakdown, and I couldn't – like, he can't convey anything to me. And I'm not – I'm never – folks that know me, I'll – I will walk away. Folks know that, and I'm not going to settle for a world where the entertainers, who are not paid apparently to be entertaining, can't convey emotion. Like you got to do better, man. Agreed. Sid Vicious is a is a much Sid's a much better character to me than Sammy Callahan. Sad but true. Uh, even I'll agree to that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and it would be <laughs> it's even worse because he's still feuding with MVP, and the one match they had oh. was like the worst match on the whole show so far. So yeah, it's not good. Now we're gonna get MVP so WWE as he stalks around, opening doors in the back. <laughs> it's just, like, come on, man! And then this is what Cody Brazil gets after after you barely gave him his first win as he's go he's going to be the damsel in, dis- in distress. Yeah, yeah. So good good luck with that, buddy. Yeah. Okay, so I just want to say, yeah, I'm like a hundred times more invested in Cota Brazil, like fighting his way up the hierarchy and yes. proving himself than I am in any of this other crap that they're using him as a prop in. Yeah, no, he can't fight his own battle. Like, he can't. This is again. I can only take my disbelief. I can only suspend my disbelief so far, but yeah. But you, you stand Cota Brazil next to. Uh, Sammy Callahan and tell me why. Because I'm guessing next week is the Buller Room, but I'm guessing that's going to be MVP versus Sammy Callahan. I would assume so. So why can't Cody Brazil be in? Like, is that like a concession that Sammy Callahan's too much? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Why he can't fight his own battles? Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's an active pro wrestler, and Sammy Callahan is a is a little man with you know. <laughs> Like what? What? What is the? What's the the deal? And he didn't even do it to him like the other two guys did. So it's not. I don't. I don't understand. So here's my help then. Uh, no rules in a boiler room match. I really hope that Cotto Brazil stands up and takes his own stance in that match. There's yes. no reason why he should not take his own revenge on Sammy Callahan. If you do that, that's at least a little point of yes. redemption for the story. I think. Maybe he'll fight. Help fight. Oh, maybe he he and Barrington Hughes will help fight away the other. Guys. That'd be cool, actually. But then, I, I could see that really it would be cool. But then what the hell's wrong with Barrington Hughes that he is fighting battles for not only Shane Strickland but MVP? Like these guys, <laughs> someone needs to talk to these guys and let them know their own value in the world. Yeah, he is definitely too nice. He's he's helping other people too much. He's protecting himself more. Well, they won't give him a match anyway because you know he'll just beat the person in five seconds. Yeah, yeah. But never yeah. get a shot at anything. Meanwhile, we're going to run some prospects in here, and one is Jay Sky, and one I can't read. The... Uh, Ariel Dominguez, two okay. little guys, neither of them I have heard of, and I still haven't heard of them. 
because uh, they don't get one move in when the lights all turn red. And uh, the undead bride, Sue Young, and also someone else I didn't recognize, come in. They beat these guys up, so I guess they're not important. Um, I like Sue Young. I don't know about this being the way to debut them. It was kind of cool visually, but I'm not a huge fan of the trope of where you have a match just so someone can come out and like beat beat the people up and the people aren't important. So this um, is also this is about the, this is about the third or fourth time now that the first match is just a throwaway for something like this to happen. Yeah, yeah. So that's becoming repetitive. That I don't like that either. Mm. Um, she was in Impact Wrestling, maybe. Yeah, yeah. She's been there in a few other places. Okay. So. And Still I is, I think. So, uh, we'll see what she does. I I don't know. I, I feel like we've only seen like one women's match so far. Um, but yeah, we're, we're bringing in another. We, so we'll see. Yeah, I know we've seen one. I think that might be it. Yeah. But then again, they they could have had seventeen thousand um, in other spaces <laughs> that we're not seeing. So yeah, they have a tag title match. They only ever had like three tag teams ever. So there you go. And they, and, yeah, they no more have a tag division or tag titles now than they did before. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Here's the part Shane that Strickland I did like, video. Yeah, we have a video of Shane Strickland narrated by Loki. This is nice. This is very nice. This is one one of my favorite things on the show for sure. Uh, yes. Loki's using his like deep deep voice that he puts on and he's talking about Strickland in this very like soft tone. I really dug this. Yeah. He's like, Strickland, can you, you deal with these other people, but can you deal with me? Uh, we see Celia De La Renta with Pentagon and Phoenix who is sniffing money. Like it's cocaine uh, <laughs> for some reason. Now there's $60,000 on that of Strickland and Loki's coming for it. This is a very cool video. Really liked how it was put together. Really like Loki's vocals here. It's very good stuff. Yeah, man, this is so good because I was like, okay, interesting voice, and and he's kind of he's doing the traditional video at the beginning. He's bigging up uh, the world champion, saying more than more than Swerve has done for himself, and then you kind of get okay, okay, this is where this is going. We see the money, and he says the professional has a ride with sixty thousand reasons to burn down Swerve's house. It's <laughs> a good line. Burn it down. Yes. Yes, please. So, by all means. <laughs> that's a very nice video. You're right about that. And yeah. again, Selena, a man upping that money, but then, and I, again, I don't understand. I like Selena. I like the potential of low key. These are people I was interested in at least seeing. Yeah. But why the Lucha Brothers have to stand there? You know. Yeah, for sure. I really thought that this was going to be like a very brief alliance and they would break away. I'm very surprised that they're still with her. And yeah, it's like background characters almost. I'm not wild about that. Yeah. MVP, I mentioned the stalking around the back. Um, apparently goes straight to um, the basement or the boiler room. And <laughs> lo and behold, um, Kodo is tied up. And then he's like, you need to sit up. And I don't know if that's the way he needs to do or not. But here we are. He's like, oh, you left your phone up here. No, it's a phone for you, MVP. And he's got Callahan's voice on it. He's challenging you to a boiler room brawl. Okay. As far as voicemails go, Callahan is no Jericho, that's for yeah. sure. So, Good. Yeah. No Jericho. <laughs> so, yeah, it no. took like two minutes for MVP to find Kodo Brazil, so not really a big inconvenience for Kodo, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> no. now we have a boiler room brawl, so that's going to happen. Well, they uh, probably walked right past him when they were carrying him there. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. Um, do you also want to mention we get an update on Battle Riot? We learned that uh, Tom Lawler, Brody King, Loki, Jimmy Havoc, 
Head Shrinker Samu and one of Callahan's goons are, are also added to the Battle Riot show. We find out that uh, Johnny Mundo will be facing Loki, and MJF will be facing Joey Ryan for some kind of middleweight title that I couldn't quite yeah. get. I don't know if that's an MLW title or something else, so I guess we'll see. Um, I don't know. It'll be an interesting thing. Can MJF make Joey Ryan entertaining for us? That is a challenge, but uh, we'll see. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Battle Riot. Me too. It looks good. I like Rumble-style matches. I like the other matches, mostly, that they've booked so far. I think uh, if we don't like that show, then maybe we really should quit because it's got a lot of potential. And, yeah, if they can't deliver on that, then they're probably not going to deliver in the way we want. That was kind of my... Like, I'm acknowledging while I'm watching it partly that I'm kind of out of it because I've been watching it Mm. and that... You know, Battle Riot feels like the next big show, so that you know there's gonna be corners turned for good or ill, right. and it can't really be for ill because right now, to me, they're focusing on the worst people to focus on, so <laughs> it almost has to get better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, besides Sammy Callahan, who else is there? Someone else who's really dragging it down for you, or is he the main one? Well, he's in three or four segments, so he counts as okay. two or three people. Fair enough. And then yeah. I wasn't crazy about seeing Sammy Guevara uh, on this show, but really. AEW's yeah. own Sammy Guevara, not a fan. Yeah. I just not like. I guess Selena, with her wealth and power, needs a boy toy. But you know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess it's not the worst thing I thought. I don't necessarily mind that kind of storyline. Um, I don't mind the story. I just didn't want to see him. Okay. Uh, I was also in a bad mood by the time he got there. So. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I, I gotta say, I did actually like this match quite a bit. It's definitely my favorite match on the show, personally. Um, okay. Uh, I I'm I'm a big fan of Fred Yehi. I think I've talked about. I, I like how relentless he is. I like how he breaks a guy down. How he grounds him. He doesn't let him necessarily jump up and try to fly out of the ring, fly off the top rope. You know, he's gonna take it to the mat and he's gonna wrestle you. He's gonna make you wrestle him, whether you like to or not. Um, so I liked it as far as that went. Um, there's a bit of a Styles clash here because everybody does like to fly. He likes to jump up. He has to change his style a little bit. Um, I really appreciated the end because Yehi got Guevara into a submission, and it seemed like it was going to be kind of like the trope spot where Sammy like just slowly drags himself to the ropes. But um, they really put over like how much of a struggle it was, and in the end, Sammy just actually couldn't get there, and he had to tap out. And I thought, hey, you don't always see that. That's cool. You do that sometimes. It's more realistic later on. You know, it means more when the guy actually has to drag himself and he does make it. So some good things in this. I, I like this match quite a bit. So uh, I wasn't in a bad mood, so I guess that helped me out. Yeah, after the match, uh, Guevara says, punches are illegal to Selena's justification. <laughs> that was funny. Something I don't know what's going on, and I kind of like that, but we had a segment earlier that we passed over, which is Fred Yehi is walking through the back, and he's stopped by um, Team Filthy. And they're, they're kind of, like, playing nice with him. Yeah, yeah. I thought that would maybe... I, I'm sure it will turn into something, but it didn't so far. So, yeah, very uncharacteristic of Team Filthy. Probably insincere, probably, you know, I don't know, but who knows? Maybe he could join the team. Like, stylistically... He's very much in that realm. Um, but then again, Tom Lawler beat him kind of by dirty tactics. 
uh, several weeks ago. So probably Yeha is not a big fan of them. But then again, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. It's a little interesting little bit that uh, I forgot to even really note down. Yeah, they, they got them in an interesting – because all this time they've been kind of dastardly heels that you mm. don't like because they're cowards and they're fake and they gang up on you. Yeah. But yet they kind of punked uh, – uh, what's his name? Colonel Parker last week, and then they were they were nice to Fred Yehi, but at the same time – they're kind of heels in the in the picture where we see uh, Jimmy Havoc return. He's at the pool that we saw them in, and he's there at night. But at the same time, then we got uh, Loki as a heel kind of dogging them. So a lot of interesting things happening in their orbit. Team Filthy has been a big highlight to me so far because they're doing the, the $250 challenge, which I love. They're doing uh, a lot of the, the dirty tactics that i love but yeah not exclusively just the baby faces they have a lot of irons in the fire and uh they're doing that in a good way and i'll actually say tom lyler was actually my favorite part of the main event of the show on commentary he had a lot of uh fun stuff there so i'll speak more on that in a little bit here yeah absolutely so um team filthy also used to getting the advantage on people but they kind of they kind of try to play low-key but low-key comes back with some um, aren't you the number one contender? Uh, but then he names all these guys who actually got shots <laughs> while he's doing nothing. Indeed. So how's that working out for you? He says Pentagon didn't have the heart to stay in the singles division when tag team. Mm. I hope Pentagon uh, comes guys. out to answer that eventually because that, yeah, yeah that, that, that hurt me a little bit. Yeah, but these two, right now, these are the guys. Um, I feel like booking-wise, you got Shane Strickland with the belt. And you got team circling around him have been the bounty hunters. But low-key seems more pronounced than anyone else, including Pentagon in the story. True. And then you got Team Filthy on the other side. So this is this is kind of mm. where, where where things are converging. And, and it, it looks interesting. I love what you said before about complex storylines because that's really one of the things I love most. When wrestling has all these moving pieces, it's not just like one side versus the other side. You've got people with unique motivations, with unique styles, unique alliances. Uh, imagine, yeah, the Team Filthy coming up against, um, you know, Selena De Laurentiis stable of people. Yeah. You know, they, they're both heels, but they will clash regardless because they have different goals. They have conflicting goals. They don't like each other. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. This was a very good segment, I thought. I like Lawler and guys trying to just do their usual, like they're going to make fun of Loki because they make fun of everybody. And Loki is just calmly pointing out, well, you're the number one contender and you can't even get a title match. I got a title match. You know, like I didn't take the road that you took and I got there before you. So who's really the idiot here? So, yeah, very good stuff. Uh, I will just say I hope. That Loki's match with Shane Strickland, I kind of hope it's not a title match because then what is the point of the top ten? But who knows? I also really want to see Shane Strickland not be champion anymore. So honestly, I would give them a pass if that's the outcome. Yeah, there's a lot of life around the world title, but there is zero life in the world champion. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Ah, We need to get, yeah, we need to get the new world champion. I think that will help the show uh, in quite a few ways. I agree. You got to have life, especially. I like to when heels like I like seeing heels verbally go at each other. Yeah. I do think we said this a lot, but man, I think man that era. I don't know where Vader was if he was heel or face. 
he just beat Flair. But man, pre-Hogan, if you had bumped Steve Austin up and even heel Steve Austin having some heat with heel Vader, like, you know, there comes a time where people are just, you know, it doesn't really matter which locker room we go to. You know, I'm ready to be world champion and you're ready to be world champion. And when they, they, they use their devices, which heels often have sharpened devices because they have to work harder than baby faces. Yeah. So most of the time you're watching people who work hard versus lazy people. But when heels go at each other, you're watching two people you can be proud of. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, man, so, again, good continuity in the video. I've mentioned this, but they show they show um, the video where uh, Lawler yeah. and Gotch, yeah, and they're talking about, you know, he wouldn't be out here except at night, and then it's nighttime at the pool, but this time we're in the future, and Havoc has returned. He has some few words, so he will be coming to see Lawler. I got to see what... The, I see what Team Filthy is about because they are good at causing trouble, but they've they've they have stirred up a lot around them that I'm not sure how they're going to maneuver through it. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, Jimmy Havoc says he's like following Tom Lawler around now, I guess, and um, I don't know. He still doesn't necessarily work for me. I did like the continuity with the shots and everything, but also he looks kind of just like a little emo kid who's sitting yeah. at night and he's like saying mean things or trying to. So, I don't know. It's miles above Callahan, but also, I don't know. I just can't get into Jimmy Havoc that much. I struggle with him. But uh, the weird thing to me is, yeah, you have Jimmy Havoc opposing Tom Lawler. And of these two people, one of them signed by AEW, and it's not the one that I wish it was. So, yeah. <laughs> as long as AEW signing people, I'll say it again. Tom Lawler should be high on their list, in my opinion. Imagine Team Filthy. And the issues they would be having with Cody Rhodes and with all the different people in AEW, like, I want that. I, I want to see that. Yeah, I think the same thing with Marty, though. It's almost a good thing that everybody's not coming in at the same time. Perhaps so. All right. Fair enough. But my fear is then maybe won't come in at all because there's nothing to stop him that I know of from signing. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know what, if he's still what – his, what his main – that company is or what he's doing. It I may think actually be MLW. Um, it may be. Yeah, so we'll look that up a second because, yeah, I'm not sure. Because, yeah, he's not really on one of the major shows like you think that he would be for kind of the level that he's at. So, yeah, definitely working mostly in MLW so far. So, I don't know. We'll see if that lasts or not. Mm, okay. I can see him ending up in a, um angle with Joey Ryan. Tom Lawler? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. We'll see if it happens if he comes. All right. Maybe facial uh, hair. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. It just came to me. That I, I'm not saying I want to see it or don't want to see it. I'm just saying I could see it. I mean, theoretically, anyone can end up in an angle with Joey Ryan. But yeah. uh, the only angle between Tom Lawler and Joey Ryan I want to see is Tom Lawler punching his face in. So that's, that's my opinion. <laughs> Same. Same. Okay, so then we got our main event, which is about half the show. So Yeah, we do. Uh, we also see Jason Cade storming out of oh, yeah, uh, yeah. his partner's locker room after they were yelling at each other. So, again, the team that almost won the tag team titles is no team at all, and they hate each other, and they need to just break up immediately. So, And, again, like how many weeks have this, has this been going on? Yeah, I'm all for a long build, but I feel like they're just running in place for a long time now. So, yeah, let's get on with it, shall we? I mean, and that's the thing. And I'm, 
I think I, I was in a bad mood, and maybe the show won't be as bad, but like it's still like how long do some things last? And then Sammy Callahan, man, you gotta give him credit. Like, he will move a story three or four times a night. So <laughs> yeah, he will. You you might not move it where we want it to go, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a really good point you made that the pacing of this show is very bizarre sometimes. So, yeah, I don't know. And then we'll have a main event in the next show. And then hopefully – he's the only one, too, that doesn't seem to go away for a while like the rest of him. Mm-hmm. Like he'll just drop down to maybe one segment, but then he'll be building something that will we'll jump back up. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully he'll be gone for a while after a boiler room, but I won't hold my breath for that. So, so man, tell me about the main event and Lawler, who was in the announce booth for it. Yeah, I'm going to tell you about Lawler mostly, because he was definitely my favorite part. Uh, he is in the commentary booth. He says he's there to scout talent. Uh, he's lecturing the wrestlers. He's saying, oh, you should never leave your feet in the ring if you don't have to, which I thought was a, a great line. Yeah. Uh, I liked him interacting and kind of grilling Rich and Tony about uh, some of the things that they said. Um I, just a lot of classic stuff. He's like, oh, well, how do you counter this move? You don't get put in it in the first place. That's what nice. I do. You know, a lot of really good stuff there. Um, so really fun commentary. Want to see what comes of that. Uh, the match itself, I was worried it was just going to be like flippy, flippy, flip. It wasn't really that. It was okay. I still felt like it was missing something. I didn't feel like there was any real strategy or story. It's just like let's have a match and one of us will win that match. I'm like, okay, but all right, whatever. So it was fine. It wasn't bad, but uh, it didn't really impress me that much either. Um, probably the best thing is ACH actually wins with like a wrestling pinning combination, mm. which really excites Tom Lawler on commentary. So that's, that's good at least. One thing I'm starting to worry about is lately we've been getting really, really long main events, not because all these two people took each other to it, but it's just kind of, Here's the block of time. Yeah. And so the first thing is going to be a match gets interrupted and there's chaos and then some segments and then a really long main event, no matter who is, who's in the main event. And like, I, I don't want us, I don't want a, um, outline that I can predict weekly. <laughs> true. True. I'll also say, uh, to me, a poisonous thing about modern wrestling is that long equals good. And, uh-huh. uh, you'll have a long match. Just so that you can say that you had a good match and it was good because it was long and it was long because it was good and it's not true, you know, and uh, I don't like that trope. Yes, sometimes a long match can be great, but sometimes it can just be long and that's not, it's not a good thing by default and I think a, a lot of fans treat them the same and maybe that's legitimate or maybe it's just because, you know, Kenny Omega has like the preordained best matches in the world and he goes like 40 minutes you know to get where he's going so so i don't know that's that's definitely prevalent right now and it's not something i agree with and i'm in the minority but uh it's just a trope that i'm not a fan of nobody should agree with that um as long as we can guess what sports centric means another thing it should mean is every single match is dictated by the individuals in the match and what happens that night so it shouldn't be, oh, well, this is the segment that goes 20 minutes because, you know, clearly two guys can get in a ring and one of them knock the other one out or it go five minutes or it can go 20 minutes. Right. You the know, worst thing, yeah, that AEW could do is come out and, like, every match is more than 15 minutes just so everyone can have, like, their time and they can, you know, have their great match. No, please, dear God, like... No, that would be the worst thing for me. Not the worst, but it would be up there. 
Everybody just shouldn't have their time. You know, you, everybody yeah. should have their chance. And the thing that I saw today, who, who said it? Someone said it, and I'm glad they said it. Maybe they'll live with it. Is you can't have every guy or every person on every event. Mm, yeah. It might have been Adam Page because I think he was talking about how New Japan Pro Wrestling will have these like ten man tag or something like that. Yeah. They kind of include everybody, and he's like, you know, he wrestled a lot of those matches, but. Because they're already there. They, at first, they weren't going to hire that many people, but that that count is is, is getting up there. And um, it's hard to say who's signed full time and who's just a yeah. double or nothing, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have a problem with them having a big roster. But yeah, I don't need them to try to jam everyone in every show. So it's a fair. It's point. a two hour. Yeah. Yeah. I I am happy that it's likely a two hour show. Yeah. You know, you want you want to see it. And again, I don't think Jim Ross will get what he wants. I think commercials are going to be in the matches. But I know Nitro used to, when they would get to a big main event, they would have, we just had our last commercial and we will not be having another commercial. Yeah, yeah. So, even something like that. that. I like like where they're going, potentially. You know, it seems like Cody has a lot of reach. Uh, Jim Ross also mentioned that they're asking, does he think wrestlers will listen to him? And, you know, he said that he can give his advice and some people are going to do comedy bits and that's fine, but like the whole match and everything shouldn't just be a comedy bit. Mm. So we'll see. But if it is a variety show that happens to have wrestling, then there, it should be a comedy bit if that's what it is, because it's just a variety show. Sure. So we'll see. Yeah. Fun times. Fun times for sure. Do you have any thoughts about this match? I, I really just mostly talked about Tom Lawler, so I don't know if you had any opinions really, on this. I took very few notes. Like I'm not going to keep watching matches that are almost half the show just because it's the main event, and the bullet room had better not be like that next week. Hope not. Hope not, yeah. Hope, hope that it's more reasonably split apart. Um, they should just be wrestling, and they, we can just, like, the camera can pop in once in a while during the show to see what they're up to now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Have matches off camera. <laughs> That's inclusive. That way, you know, they're still on the show, but we're not watching them. Fair enough. Did you ever Fair read enough. any of the Hunger Games? Uh, no, I can't say that I did. Very poorly written uh, books. <laughs> and, okay. All right. But there's so much stuff where the main character is forced to stay behind. So you're watching her being forced to stay behind. Like, the whole action and everything's happening kind of off screen or off book. Uh-huh. You know, and then you hear about what happened. I think that's really the the approach to take for next week. <laughs> and you hear right. that sound, Tony? Like something is happening downstairs. We don't have a camera down there, but it sounds vicious. <laughs> Can't get a signal from the boiler room in the basement. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, everyone. So we'll tell you about it though. It was, they was they brawled around here. a lot. They probably knocked over some pipes that were lying around for no reason. And uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't get it. Like mankind. I think when he first came to WWE, would just hang out in the basement in the boiler room. Yeah, like, like he, you know, he was so, there all the time. Like that was part of his gimmick. So yeah, but randomly challenging someone, like what is what's the what's the significance that it has to be in the boil, boiler room? Mm. I don't understand. Except that Sammy Callahan is a gimmick with nothing behind it. I don't get it. Yeah, just because you saw Mick Foley do something doesn't mean you can do it too, buddy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and how. Um, but, uh, all right. 
Looking ahead to next week, we do, of course, have that Boiler Room Brawl. We also have uh, Loki making his in-ring debut, which is cool. And uh, following up on this main event, we have ACH and Rich Swan teaming up against Team Filthy, Tom Lawler, and Simon Gotch. So should be some interesting stuff on here. Um, not really looking forward to that Boiler Room Brawl, but hopefully there'll be some good stuff to make up for it. Okay, that's episode 12 of MLW Fusion. Yes, which uh, we will not be covering next week, I assume. Probably not. Next All week, right. um, I am going to be stranded in many, many places over the summer, and so <laughs> we are going. We are trying to adjust accordingly, and we both do have a lot of things that happen in summer, so yep. you know we'll be playing with the schedule, playing with times a little bit at times, and also we're just getting ourselves ready, man. We're Between us, we might have to drop $100 just to do our podcast, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Gotta go work some extra hours. (laughs) We'll make it work, yeah? Also, with um, possibly LP Radio changing, um, Mm. going into June, we'll have to figure that out as well. There's uh, some conversations going on around that, so uh, we'll keep everybody up to date. And uh, thanks for sticking with us on this journey. It's been a lot of fun. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up today? Nah, man, I'm good. Looking forward to Double or Nothing. Yes, we want to see what comes out of it, you know? We've been we've been staring at these matches for so long, but somebody's going to win that Battle Royal and be the first number one contender. Pac is going to declare himself like either he is that guy with that ethos or he's not. Jericho and uh, Kenny Omega got something to settle and so many other matches. You know what I'm talking about, but... I'm no longer looking at these matches as potential matches. I'm looking at them. Okay, they're about to happen, and there's going to be something on the other side of them. Yep. Yep. That's going to be a big part of it. What's going to come next? That's that's going to be a big part of sucking me in, because if I do end up paying 50 bucks for the show, and I will if I have mm-hmm. to. I hope there's something more reasonable, but I will if I have to. I'm invested to that point, but they really got to show me that I got to I gotta come again for the next show, um, and they got to give me some way I can reasonably do that, because it ain't going to be... 50 bucks for every major show, no. you know, no, no, nah, we, it just can't be done, you know, we're, we're, we're not in an economy where that uh, is feasible, so, it'd be a company just for very, very the... rich wrestling fans to watch. Yeah, you would have to be, you would have to damn near be Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, old school level, Yeah. and it's clear that's not going to be, because I'm already looking at Fight for the Fallen and that festival as, like, lower tier. Oh, yeah. And maybe I'll be wrong, but that's what it feels like. And so you're going to charge the same amount for that? Yeah, I don't know. Indeed. Um, So, all right. We will be back next week with Listener's Choice. Uh, Like the man said, reach out to us with anything you want us to talk about. We'll be sending out some individual messages to those who uh, we know will have some uh, good content for us. So, yeah, we'll be back with lots of different stuff next week. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want to shout us out, I'm on Twitter. I'm at SpectralGent. Give me a shout. Uh, also, listen to all the other great programs on LOP Radio. Earlier today, we had the special 7 million listeners special. Uh, 7 million listens since LOP Radio started. Uh, we got a bunch of the guys together doing a special. Um, they're recording it at the same time we're recording this, I think. It's going to air before our show. So go back and check that out if you haven't. Also, all the other great programs on the channel. Lots of great stuff there. And last but not least, lordsandpain.net, lopforums.com for a lot of great written material. Like the Matt said, come join that conversation. There's a lot you can do there. Some very, very good stuff. Um, 
All right. I think that is everything. So, yeah, we will be back with Listener's Choice. And then there's nothing between us and Mm. Double or Nothing. So it's coming right up. Please join us again. Thank you. So excited for that. And until next time, don't let the legacy be dictated to you. Rewatch. Revisit. Rewrite. Discovered creature Climbing on the mountainside You know that no one else believed me How about that? With green eyes and white stripes and salted tears I knew that these were just its cautionary features Keep telling myself nothing to fear It's just an undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared It's just an undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared The undiscovered creature The undiscovered creature I never saw this one in books or heard a myth of it Looks like it came from underwater I thought I'd seen every life form But there it is An undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared It's just an undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared The undiscovered Come on.